Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this pre-season prediction special podcast with myself, Jake and Jimmy. First of all, before we get into this episode, we'd just like to thank you all for your support with our first two episodes of the new season. There are well over two and a half thousand listens so far, which for us is pretty big. And the Peter Ridsdale interview has become our most ever listened to episode. And it's been out at the time of recording for about three days, which isn't bad for uh, little old Preston. So yeah, thank you for all your support. It's much appreciated. And how are you, mate? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. No, my little old Preston, what about little old us? (laughs) Three plebs getting uh, decent listens. uh, Well, two plebs. plebs I'd say I'm always still a pleb in fairness. Yeah, two two plebs and a football genius, as I think it was once coined. I think it was by me rather than Ollie. I think it was. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's good to see us in the top 20 podcasts on Apple, isn't it? In terms yeah. of football podcasts, that was quite a su- surprise. When, and I think we've stayed there as well. I think we're up to 18th today, which is, we've gone up rather than down, which is always a good sign. Yeah, it's not but, um, we normally We normally get in and, and leave a few days very, later. Very quickly, yeah. But um, yeah, we seem to be doing all right. So thanks for listening. Thank you for all the, uh, the feedback and support. It's much appreciated. Um, we're still looking for a sponsor, obviously. So if anyone yeah. has got a few, if anyone's got a few quid that they want to um, get, and get your name out on a fairly well listened to podcast, then get in touch with Jake because um, this podcast is eating into his redundancy package again. So um, especially <laughs> with all these listens, it's a uh, well. We well, figured out today that since the twenty sixth of May, when we released the first episode, um, I mean, not only has there been a bit of change since then, but first ever episode, first ever episode, yeah, episode yeah. numero uno. Um, there's been now there's been over 50,000 listens in total in 15 months so that's all right not, it's not too shabby just over 3,000 or so listens a month across all the episodes so good going we've had, tw- had 20,000 listens since the first birthday which is frightening that's what three months ago yeah we've um, we've we've gone big in, th- in three months well <laughs> Apparently, our heads have gone big as well, according to some of the feedback we got in that that post. But um, and obviously, Ollie's not here. He's he's got um, some work stuff going on. Uh, he should be back in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, but he is in this podcast. He's just not with us live. Yeah, you'll hear him in a bit. Yes, so, you will. Let's get on with it, mate. Yes, yeah, uh, first so, up then, um, top two for the league. What have you got? Right, champions. I'm going to go with Norwich. Um, been no surprise to a lot of people that I think Jordan Hugill joins a team with loads of football league and Premier League know-how um, under Daniel Farker um, obviously champions last time they were at this level as well really eye-catching signings to me um, so Ben Gibson on loan Oliver Skip the lad from Spurs um, Kieran Dowell who I'm a big fan of from Everton um, and then they've signed a lad that's a Luxembourg Luxembourg, however you say it, international, in a, in a lad called uh, Daniel Sinani. Now, I read up a bit on him, and he looks like he might be 
the player this year that will break through. You know, they've got like they've had Buendia that's broken through and a lot of other players of that yeah, ilk. They've had, they've had the young fullbacks as well, haven't they? Jamal Lewis and Max Ahrens. Yeah, obviously Jamal Lewis is joining Newcastle, I believe. So that'll be interesting to see how he gets replaced as well. Uh, but I just expect a big season from the likes of Jordan Hugill. The Irish lad that's got a hat trick at Deepdale, is it Adam Adam Eder? Eder. Um, I think because they're on about Pookie might be going. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen that. Apparently, his family have moved back to Finland and they're looking oh, right. for a move that way. That might be absolute nonsense, but depends what you read inside. If his family have moved back, he might just give it another six months, see where they're at, or he might stay for the long haul. Um, I forget how old he is. Timmy Pukki. I, I think he's up. knocking on a bit, isn't he? Yeah, it's. I say knocking on like he's ancient. Uh, when I'm, what I mean is late twenties. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, um, yeah, there 30. you go. So, um, hopefully, if he stays with them and they've got a, a strike force of Pukki, Hugill, Anita, that's a cracking front three in it. Yeah. Really, um, I really expect them to to win the league and probably win it. Comfortably, and by comfortably, I mean like by five or six points. Yeah, um, I don't see anyone running away with it until late on in the season. I don't think. No, I'm the same. I've got Norwich down as champions. Um, I mean, at the time of recording, they've still got Max Aaron's, Jamal Lewis, O'Neill Hernandez, Todd Cantwell. Uh, obviously, if they can keep hold of Pookie as well, like you said, with sort of champion ex- cha- champion. Championship experience in, like you mentioned, Ben Gibson, Jordan Hugill both joining. Oliver Skip's very highly rated, isn't he, from Tottenham? And I think signing Kieran Dowell on a permanent as well, I think that's good business. Not, yeah. just, not just getting him on loan. Um, so, yeah, I'm the same with you on that one, mate. I'm Norwich champions. I just I can't see past them at the minute. Obviously, that yeah. could change. There's, there's a month left at the transfer window, so... Well, yeah, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But this is the whole point of a pre-season pod because then exactly. we'll, we'll listen back to it in May and we'll be like, how did we get that badly wrong? Have you got us for second? So I've, mine away. I've gone a bit I've gone a bit left field here. Um, I really like this team. I like the manager. Uh, they recruit really well. And I think after missing out in the playoff semi-finals last year, I think Swansea will go one better and I think they'll finish second. Um, obviously, they've signed Jamal Lowe. Brewster's goals are going to be a massive miss. So I'm basing that off the back of them signing a goal scorer. Okay. Obviously they've got they've got IU, haven't they? But is he is he enough on his own to to make up the difference of Brewster leaving? Um, so yes, I've got Swansea second. If they should they not sign a striker, I would swap them through. I've got him third, but obviously we'll come on to that in a bit. Yeah. Sure. Who, who've you got? So I've also gone a little bit left field, but not uh, not as adventurous as Swansea. Um, I've gone Bournemouth, which seems to be really under the radar. Um, I've no idea why, because I know they've lost Ryan Fraser and they've lost Ake and they've lost Aaron Ramsdale. You know, three big Callum, hitters. Callum Wilson's gone today as well. Yeah, it's obviously twenty million pounds. So they've recouped a lot of money in those latter three, especially Ake, Ramsdale, and uh, Callum Wilson. You're talking seventy odd million pounds worth of sales there. Didn't, um, didn't they have close to hundred million in outstanding debt though as well? That was one of my points I was going to make as well. So they, <laughs> yeah, it's all right, mate. You're just jumping the gun. Um, they were spending eighty eight percent of their turnover on wages in the Premier League, wow. which was the highest in the Premier League. 
um, which is frightening money uh, for a club of that. I know it's a small club as well, but yeah. spending that much money on player wages, they had to cut the wage bill um, and getting rid of Fraser Ake and also Wilson. That that will cut it down, but there's still more to go out at. You'd think they're either going to finish second or they're going to finish twentieth. That's how unpredictable Bournemouth are going to be this year because yeah, they could do they could do a they could do a Huddersfield very easily. But I just think they've got a continuation of the Eddie Howe regime and Jason Tyndall taking charge. Yeah. Um, obviously, it, it'll be a very much a, a continuation of what they've built over the past five, six, seven... Well, I think it's seven years, years I think. Yeah. yeah, I know Howe had that baseball at Burnley, but um, I just think it'll be their way uh, as such. Uh, recruitment's obviously still key. They've only got one goalkeeper in the squad. Um, defensively, they're still needing a bit of cover. The defense is aging, to say the least. Yeah, I think um, one of the youngest they've got is—is uh, is it Chris Meffin? Yeah. So, he, and I don't think he's—I don't think he's a spring chicken, is he? I think he'd be mid twenties. Um, but financially, this is my last point on them. They cannot afford to not go up. So, you know, especially with the, oh, no, the financial sorry. constraints on them. Meffin's twenty-two, so he is a bit of a spring chicken. Bag, yeah, by centre half. He's centre half, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, by their standards, yeah, I think it's it's really key that they do go up. They will yeah. invest. I'd, 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 they've got to get players in. You know, they're one of only two clubs in the championship to not make a signing so far. Who's the other one? <laughs> you can guess who the other one is. <laughs> um, so, I just think I just think they'll do it. I, there's just something in my head and they're not fancied anywhere if you look at you know some of the responses we've had on Twitter and on PNA Online so far for our predictions piece yeah, I think a handful of people have mentioned Bournemouth to be in the top two and probably another handful in the playoffs um, but I just think they'll, they've just got something about them that I think they'll do it Fair enough Fair enough Yeah I think on that then we'll we'll hand the reins over to I would say he's not really a friend of the podcast, is he? He's part of the podcast. He's he's one of us. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll hand you all over to Ollie and let him talk you through his predictions. Hi, fellas. Hope you're well. Ollie here, usual member of From the Finney podcast, football expert. Sorry, I can't be there today, boys. Here's my predictions for the Championship 2020-21 season. Starting with the top two. I'm going to go Norwich as my favourite to win the league. Um, won the league last time they were at this level. Played really good football, scored a lot of goals. Um, got a year's experience in the Premier League under the belts. Obviously, Farker knows what he's doing at this level. I, I rate him quite highly. Um, kept kept the core of a very strong championship, championship squad. Looks like they're going to lose Aaron to Newcastle, but I think they've already recruited in that area with Javi Quintia from Villarreal. They've added some really good championship um, players, in my opinion, in Ben Gibson, Kieran Dowell, Oliver Skip from Spurs, who will control the tempo. And it, it, in my view, they've added the best number nine in the championship in Jordan Hugel. You know what you're going to get from Big George. You're going to get seven out of ten every week. Um, for me, I think you know. I think they'll um, they'll adapt really well back to the level. They've still got really good players in Pukki, Campwell, Hernandez, Ida. So. I think it's pretty hard to look past Norwich at this stage. Second for me, I think Brentford will, will be right up there. I think they'll come second. Anyone who knows me knows my views on Brentford are clear. I think they're an outstanding football club, outstanding recruitment. So I'm not overly concerned if they lose Ollie Watkins or, say, Ben Rama. 
Um, they've already signed Ivan Tony. Great age, mobile, athletic, good finisher on both feet, can look after himself physically. I like him a lot and I think um I think he'll step up to the level at relative ease. Um I wanted North End to sign him in twenty eighteen. Who knows what could have happened, but yeah, I think he'll step up really well there. I think he'll get, you know, twenty plus. I think Josh De Silva in midfield will, will develop again another season at the level, left footed, box to box, good finisher. Very tricky player. Um, they got players like Mark Hondes, Rico Henry, Patrick, uh, Pontus Janssen, Ethan Pinnock. Um, so they use analytics really well. I'm a big fan of, of uh, Thomas Frank. Um, and I think the experience of last season will stand him in good stead, actually. Obviously, they fell away in the last couple of games. Maybe a bit of nerves or whatever. But I think they'll use that a bit like Leeds did last season. And I think they'll get over the line this season. Um and I think they'll join Norwich in terms of the automatics. So, playoff sides in no particular order. I'm going to go with Stoke. Nathan Jones was very harshly treated last season. He laid the foundations for a very strong uh, side. The metrics were very good when he was sacked. I think they were third or fourth in the XGD table. He was thrown under the bus by Jack Butland, as we all saw at Deepdale. So, he's laid the foundations there. Michael O'Neill's come in. Again, very good metrics when he came in. Hard to beat. He's got a system, three at the back, that suits his players. Added solid championship players in Stephen Fletcher, Morgan Fox, Genobi Mikel. Um, so they've got a very good experienced squad there. Uh, they've got a few good young players as well. Look out for, for Tyrese Campbell, who a left-footed striker, I think will score a few goals. So they're going to grind out results. I expect them to sort of find the feet at this level finally and, you know, finish in a playoff spot. Secondly, I go with Cardiff. I really like what they did on Neil Harris last season when he went in there. A little bit of a throwback Cardiff. Um, direct, set-piece threat. Good in transition, as we saw at Deepdale. Very solid physically as a unit, individually. Um, and very solid defensively. So, sort of similar to Stoke. And I expect them to grind out results over a season. I don't think they'll lose many at the Cardiff City Stadium. Um, they've also got quality, you know. They've added Kiefer Moore who has been well-documented, Peony have been close to signing. I think he'll get into double figures and I think they'll go well again. Uh, the other Welsh side, Swansea, are my third pick. Really good first season under Cooper last season. He used his contacts last season to get, obviously, Brewster, uh, Conor Gallagher as well. Obviously, they've gone back to their clubs, uh, but they've re-signed Freddie Woodman and Mark Gwaii, a couple of uh, England youth internationals. They've added Morgan Gibbs-White, they've added Corey Smith, they've added Jamal Lowe, uh, and I think they'll, they'll sign a striker as well. So I expect them to go very well again. Very good football inside, and I think uh, a lot of good young players who, with another season, I can only see them getting better, really. Um, and finally, I've gone for Watford, who, to be honest, are a complete unknown. Obviously, they're a bit of a, a left-field club in terms of manager appointments, they go for very left-field appointments. They've done that again with a lad coming in from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, won the last two leagues there in Israel. Um, obviously a bit of an unknown, but by all accounts, very hard-working, very driven manager who won't take any sort of shit from his squad, for want of a better word. They've got a couple of good young players in Suarez and Pedro coming in from on loan. Very highly rated young players. They've kept the core of the squad, so they've kept Cathcart, Foster, Hughes, Dawson. Obviously, they've added Glenn Murray, so 
looking at the quality of their squad, I think providing there's no sort of behind the scenes antics, I think they'll go very well. So moving on to relegation sides, I think obviously this could be an obvious pick in Wickham. Obviously a bit of a dream fairy tale for them last season. Bit of a miracle that they got promoted in all honesty. Um, you know, they weren't anything special at League One level in terms of metrics or performance. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get all the intangibles that will get you out of League One. So they've got, you know, team work ethic, togetherness, team spirit. They'll probably try and work harder than the opposition, but the badly lacking depth at the time of recording. And you need a lot more than just intangibles at championship level. So I think they'll go straight back down. Rotherham, similar to Wickham, you know, they've got a well-respected coach in Paul Warren. I think, you know, they may benefit from a season at this level before. Who knows? They had a shocking start last time. I think, again, I can't see where the goals are going to come from. Maybe lacking quality. And again, you need more than just those sort of intangible qualities to keep you at the level. So I think they may just fall short. But if they start well, you never know. And thirdly, maybe a bit of a surprising candidate. I've gone Huddersfield. So they've never really settled since they got relegated back to the level. Obviously, um, Wagner went back to, to Germany. They brought in Sievert, didn't work out. Cowley's kept them up. But obviously they've gone and now they've got Carlos Corberan. So that's the fourth manager in a short spell. Good education under Marcelo Bielsa, but I'm not sure that he's got the squad, especially the defenders, to implement the style of football that he'll be looking for. So I think there's a bit of trouble at Huddersfield just in terms of stability. Um, so they may find it hard. I think they've lost Emil Smith-Rowe, they've lost Chalabar, Kachunga, and it looks like they may lose Carlin Grant. So if they lose, obviously, Carlin Grant, they lose 15 to 20 goals. And I think they could get stuck in a bit of a rut and it could go very, very wrong for Huddersfield. So my surprise package for the season, I'm going to go Millwall. Um, I really like what they did under Gary Robert last season. I think he's a very good coach at this level. He's proven himself at Burton, did well at Birmingham. They were like Derby. He's gone in there and uh, sort of implemented his style. We, we all expect Millwall to be sort of hard to beat, tough to break down, etc. But I think he's made him a good football inside as well. He's added a, a degree of flat, uh, tactical flexibility. So they go for a back three system. They can also change it up to a 4-3-3. They've um, added quality in Troy Parrott, who I think will score goals. And it could be the difference maker for them on loan from Spurs. Yeah, they've got a very good squad. I think they could go very well this season. Um, and just another quick mention for Barnsley, who could push if they start well. Excellent analytics and excellent metrics last season under Struber, who's very highly regarded within the game. So I think Barnsley could go well as well. Championship top scorer, already touched on him. We're going to go Ivan Tony. I think he's a goal scorer. I think he'll score goals at the level. He's stepping up into a team who will create chances for fun. I expect them to carry on, you know, sort of breaking teams down, creating high-quality chances within the 18-yard box. And I think if he gets off to a good start, I think he'll, I think he'll fly at this level. They've always had strikers who score goals, and I think Ivan Tony will be no different. Um, so I'm backing him for top scorer. Moving on to North End, huge caveats at the time of recording. I'm going to assume that we keep the big four and we sign a competent striker because those two situations are absolutely key to North End doing anything this season. Um, if we lose Ben Pearson, we can wave goodbye to the season, in my opinion, before it's begun. I don't think we'll be 
in any way at threat of going down. But if we lose Pearson, it's hard to see us controlling games. You know, he's 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 the best centre at this level, in my opinion. Um, we all know we need to sign a striker. There's a few few irons in the fire. Well, it remains to be seen. There's four weeks left of the season. Assuming we do sign someone who improves us, I think we're very well set. Uh, we've got a very good core players. I think Josh Earl will come in, play more games. Ledson, Harrop, Bayliss. Um, I think they'll improve. I think Scott Sinclair, with a, he looked sharp in pre-season. Scored three goals in 900 minutes last season. We spoke at length on the podcast about his role in the team. I think he looks more assured now. I think he looks closer to the to the danger when we're on the attack. I think he's he's a moments player, and I think he'll have sort of fifteen plus goal contributions this season. I think um, you know I think he's a quality he's a quality player, and I think we'll see the best of him this season. So all that in mind, I think as it stands, I'm going to say eighth for North End. We might just miss out again. I think it's another wide open division this season. I think there's a lot of reasons to be positive. The new training ground is a huge positive, probably invigorate the players, the coaching staff. May help us in sort of recruiting one or two, who knows. Um, you know, if we shift the mascot, that'll hopefully open up some room to get, you know, a couple of decent players in. And this is another really big chance this season. But as I said, the caveat, the caveat is that we, that we keep the big four um, I'm not sure if we will, but that is that is what I'm I'm basing this on. So, so yeah, I think we'll go well. Who knows? You know, we petered away last season because of a lack of depth. We haven't really added any depth, um, but I trust Neil to get the, to get the best out of his squad again, uh, and I think we'll go well again. Cheers, lads. That's my prediction for the season ahead. Can't wait for another forty-six games of absolute chaos. Thanks, Ollie. Yeah, cheers for that, Ollie. Thank you very much. Um, so, Jim. Who have you got for third place? Third place. I, I just want to mention something about what Ollie said then, actually. Yeah, go on. Very quickly. Uh, Barnsley. Um, great shout in terms of a, potentially a bit of a surprise team, but they've got to keep hold of Woodrow and Mowat. Um, if they don't do that, then uh, I, I can see them struggling. Maybe not going down, but potentially struggling with that, oh, without that little bit of fire. Yeah, that, that little bit of firepower. But I mean, they kept eight clean sheets. In, in the latter half of the season, last 15 games. Yeah. Um, they were ninth in the form table. Uh, they're on the same points as West Brom and Swansea. People forget like how well they did after lockdown. Yeah, um, picked but up definitely, massively, didn't they? Yeah, they relied on the home form, though. I mean, away form. I know they got that win at Brentford last game of the season in that silly Wednesday night. Um, but they got like 19 points from 23 games away from home, which was like second bottom of the league. Yeah. So if they if they do all right away from home and they pick, keep picking up points at home, I think there'll be a bit of a surprise package as well. So good shout, on that, mate. Playoffs, right? So third place, I have got um, again Brentford. I don't think it'll be as dramatic in terms of a Wednesday night, you know, capitulation against the team that was about to go get relegated. Yeah, but um, I, I think they'll probably still be reeling a little bit from the Barnsley win on the last day, and obviously. Yeah falling apart in the playoff final with David Rea not well yeah not guarding his uh, his right hand post and letting Joe Bryan have the freedom from 40 yards which is a little bit daft um, I think losing Ollie Watkins is going to be a bit of a blow to them I know they're getting Ivan Tony, but we've no idea if he can step up to this level 
I've seen a little bit of their game yesterday against Wickham. I know they were missing a lot of players. They kept the ball well, but I just thought they were a little bit toothless. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they've let a team with 10 men score um, in Darrell Horgan. He did all right when he came on, by the way, yesterday. So, uh, But yeah, I just think that they're going to keep. They've kept the nucleus of the team, uh, which is really key for a team that wants to be continue pushing on at this level. Um, obviously, Matthew Benham's money ball process into play. So, if they do get a bid from a big club for Ben Rama or De Silva, then they'll reinvest it. So, you well, know, the talk, it's not the a talk is, is it is it Watkins to Tottenham at the minute? I've I've seen about three or four different clubs that want Watkins. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he went to a club like that because I think he is mm-hmm. talented. Yeah. Um, but whether it's the big thing for for me with Brentford is if Tony steps up and he gets twenty to twenty five goals, you can probably put them second instead of Bournemouth for me. Big but it is, and I think yeah, he'll probably score twelve or fifteen as a given because of the way that Brentford play and they're always going to put it in the right areas for them and they'll create chances. Yeah. Their X their XG is always high because of the amount of chances they do create as a team. Um, but it completely depends on keeping the talent that they've got. So I'm going to say they're going to finish third. It wouldn't surprise me if they did finish in the top two, but the transfer market is a funny thing, isn't it? It certainly is, mate. Who have you got third? Um, so my team in third, as I said before, if Swansea failed to sign a striker, I think these will finish second, but I'm going to put them third for now, and that's Watford. I think they'll just, uh, like I said, should Swansea sign that striker, I think Watford will just miss out on the top two. But I think they'll probably end up being a bit like Fulham were last season, just comfortably in the playoffs. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and as well, a lot a lot rides on whether or not they can, I know this is a little bit out of the playing side of the club's hands, but whether they can avoid any ridiculous managerial changes mid-season. And as well, I think it should they keep hold of Troy Deeney, um, which I've seen in the last couple of days, I think he's been intimating that he might stay. I think they yeah, I think I think they're they're a solid shout for third place. They've brought in uh, Glenn Murray as well. So he he's he he'll get you sort of ten to fifteen goals in the championship, I would imagine. Um obviously they've got yeah. the likes of Delafeu, Saar, if they can keep hold of them. Big if again, but you'd imagine they they've got more than enough for a push at the top two and, and I think ultimately they will just fall short yeah I've got Watford fourth um, <laughs> a nice which, transition it is isn't it um, they've signed a lad today from Udinese as well um, Watford signed the, a player from Udinese I know the surprise yeah, of that the, the Pozzo family tree um, I, I think they'll be fourth a bit like you I think they'll be comfortable playoffs team um, whether they finish fourth fifth sixth or in the top two, completely depends on the erratic nature of the Pozzo family, and if yeah. they want to sack, if they want to sack this new manager three months in, three games in, or three years into his tenure, yeah. um, I, I think they'll recruit wisely. Um, I don't think with Dini looking like he's going to stay to keep hold of Ben Foster as well. I think he's a massive part of the way they play. Yeah, um, I, I think if they can keep hold of experienced heads such as those two, as well as you know, I know you just mentioned Glenn Murray. Um, I think they're really important players if Watford have got aspirations of being back in the Premier League on, at the first attempt. You know, players like Craig Cathcart, um, Dawson at, at the back. Um, they've just got 
some cracking players in yeah. the championship. You know, and he's a you know Watford have been a Premier League team for the past what four or five years. You know, it's a, they're a solid Premier League team. They're not like coming down with. They're, they're not a yo-yo no, team, are they? No, not at all. It's, and similar to Bournemouth in that aspect, you know, they've been at that level for so long that they, they know how to play as a Premier League team rather than yeah. as, a, as a Championship team. And I think the extra well eight games in, in the Championship, they, they've got the right strength and depth to be able to compete. Yeah, they've got they've got cleverly and. and... Chalaber as well in the middle. I, I really like Chalaber, provided he can stay fit. Yeah, and obviously they're losing to Corre, aren't they? To what? Uh, to Everton, I believe, yeah. for twenty odd million. Yeah. So they've got they've got money in the bank. You know, they're they're a, they're a well run, apart from obviously sacking the manager uh, every four games that felt towards the end of the season. Um, they're a well run club, and you know they've got great facilities. You know, the great great stadium at Vicarage Road now. Um, with all four sides now, pretty smart as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I put them fourth, but the likelihood is they could finish higher than that. So yeah, you've got fourth, mate. So for me, again, I think I think they'll be comfortable in the playoffs. I think last season the the capitulation towards the end, the manager he'll have. I think the fact that he's been backed, Lemucci at Forest. I think the fact that he's been backed. Will probably give him and the squad confidence, and, and I think they'll they'll end up like Fulham again, where last season just be comfortable in the playoffs. Could potentially just fall short of the top two again for me, uh, but they've strengthened quite well. Obviously, they've added goals on top of uh, Lewis grabbing in terms of bringing Lyle Taylor in, and I think so far at the time of recording, they've only lost Matty Cash as well. Now, obviously, that's a massive part, but they've they've made made a few decent loan signings as well. They've got Luke Freeman in on loan from Sheffield United. He's good at this level um, and obviously you've got the likes of Joe Lolly in there as well he'll score your goals create your chances um, so yeah I think Forest. I think Forest will be again comfortable playoffs and I've got them fourth yeah I've got them fifth so there's a pattern here isn't there have you been looking at my notes I think the the player that they have lost is Ben Watson um, from last season but they've replaced him in Jack Colback who was yeah. on loan there a couple of years ago from Newcastle. I was going to say, I'm sure I'd seen Ben Watson had signed, but it was the other ginger. Yeah, it was Jack Colback. So yeah. um, he's rejoined. He was there on loan a couple of years ago from Newcastle. He signed on a free. Uh, they've also got Tyler Blackett in, in off, on a free transfer from Reading. Experienced defender at this level. Wild yeah. Taylor, um, obviously a former target of ours by all accounts. Good free sign at this level. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I know you just mentioned about Luke Freeman on loan. You know, a, I think my again, only concern with Forest is you look at their both their forwards and they're in the thirties. Grabbing and Lyle Taylor. I mean, I don't think Grabbing's had much of an injury record, but when you get when you get him sort of knocking on early thirties, mid thirties, then things can creep up on you. I know Lyle Taylor's had his injury problems, so I, I think, think that that would be a concern for me as a Forest fan. But I think they keep them too fit. And, I think with them too, I think with grabbing, you know, you only have to look at a player that's 20 goals, well, 20 goals and then two assists last season. You know, he can do it at this level. And I think age for him, with the way he plays, is probably just a number. You know, Lyle Taylor last year, 11 goals for Charlton in a relegated side. I think but it's they've got options there now. Yeah. Um, I know they've lost Tyler Walker to Coventry, yeah. who was probably their third choice striker last season. I think as long as... The Greek owners don't go 
loco and also Sab- uh, you know Lamucci do- doesn't go loco as well because obviously he tried something new towards the end of the last season and it absolutely Just backfired didn't work at all um, I think they've got the strength and support in depth to be honest of a top six side of Forest um, yeah. I think it's obviously whilst I've lost Matty Cash for 14 million plus 2 million in add-ons by all accounts from listening to um, I forgot what I was listening Price, to this morning it might have been Price of Football anyway. not a clue anyway yeah, I just think Forest will be comfortably fifth, and yeah, um, yeah they'll, they'll build on last season's mistakes towards the end of the season. Well, for me, I've got I've got Brentford in fifth. Um, pretty much echo what you said. I think the new stadium is going to be a big factor for them as well. I think settling into new surroundings and all that sort of stuff is always difficult, um, and obviously the lack of fans in there. I think they might struggle with that transition. Um, I think they'll still be reeling from the playoffs last season. Obviously, Watkins, Ben Rama, both both going to be off more than likely. And like you said, Tony, probably hit your double figures, ten to twelve, maybe fifteen goals. But I'm not I'm not right sure he's the man to to replace the goals that Watkins and Ben Rama brought to Brentford last season. So yeah, Brentford are, are my my punt for fifth. Yeah, who have you got in sixth? I've done Stoke. Ooh. Now, a lot of like, there's a lot of things I like about Stoke from last season. There's a lot I like about Michael O'Neill as a manager. Um, they were sixth in the form table since his, his arrival at the club. Just littered with talent. When you look through the squad list, it's frightening. You know, and how they get that down to 25 players um, is going to be tough. There will still be a few outgoings, I thought. But, you know, they've recruited wisely. They've recruited Morgan Fox from Sheffield Wednesday, James Chester. Um, who was there on loan last season? Yeah. Joined from Aston Villa. Stephen Fletcher um, knows it at this level and good competition up front. Um, and then obviously John Obi Mikel, which was probably the strangest sign I saw um, <laughs> th- this window so far. Um, it just strengthens strengthens their numbers. Um, they'll need to kick on, and they'll need to kick on with that squad at their disposal as well. But they've got the financial backing of the Coates family, and I just think that the way they finished last season under Michael O'Neill, the way they played. I know when we went there, obviously we beat them 2-0, but we probably could have been 3-0 down at that point. Yeah, quite um, easily. You know, I, I like the lad, is it Tyrese Campbell. Yeah. Um, I know Ollie mentioned him as well. You know, he looks like he's coming on as a player. And then they've got likes of James McLean, um, Sam Klukas, Joe Allen. Just like... They're just solid, good championship players, players aren't they? I think they're better than good. I think that, you know, in a lot of teams, they'd be a standout player. Yeah. But because they're playing for Stoke, because they've got that many good players, you know, these are players that have been there and playing in the Premier League. You know, they probably are better than this level, but... And, I think and it'd be Stoke in the Premier League for a decent length of time. Yeah, exactly. And it'd be interesting what he does with the keeper situation, because if he starts with Butland or Adam Davis, because Adam Davis, the lad they got from Barnsley, I think, Maybe last season, maybe the season before. I think it was last He's, season because I think I seem to recall us talking about it was. Uh, I don't know whether it was me and Ollie saying he, he's a keeper we'd look at or if we were actually interested in him. But yeah, it was last season. Yeah, and obviously they got him on a free or yeah, relatively cheap. Uh, I think um, it was a free. He was out of contract from Barnsley, wasn't it? Barnsley, the year, it had been the year they came up then. Yeah. Um. So yeah, last season. Um. I think he's. 
he's no frills. That's the thing with Adam Davis. With Jack Butland, he made that many mistakes last season. You don't, you don't have to look at the two hours he made at Deepdale. Yeah. And you just think, you know what? You don't probably need that person on the wage bill that's going to be costing them an arm and a leg. If you no. can ship him out to a, to a Premier League team that might want him as a number two, yeah. then do it. And Because Adam Davis has done nothing wrong for me. And um, you'd imagine he'd command that English premium as well still. Despite him being crap for God knows yeah. how long. But don't forget, he was in the last England squad at a major tournament. So he'll, he'll have that as well. Not that it means much, but... Yeah, I'm just trying if, to think If, if you stoke, though, and, you, and you're negotiating a deal for him to go away, you, that's something you point at, surely. You do, but then you look at the fact that he gets off your wage bill as well and you'll be on... Mm. Well, it'll be on a, a cracking package. At, at yeah, Stoke. No, no. They, they, they pay well. You know, the Coates family aren't short of cash, are they? Let's be honest. They're only they were the only other club in the Championship to pay their players in full over lockdown. Yeah, uh, alongside us. So, yeah, I and it's not all reliant on getting rid of Jack Butler. Don't get me wrong, because I think there's a lot of quality in their team. But I think if they they get rid of him and reinvest that money elsewhere, then I think they've got a cracking chance of being a top six side. Yeah. Um, gone with? So for me, I, I've gone. I've gone Millwall. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about this because the fact that they are sixth, they are also my championship surprise team. So I'll, I'll cover that in more detail um, shortly. But yeah, Millwall are my my punt for sixth. And I think on the back of that, we'll introduce a voice that some of you have probably heard. Uh, I, I would imagine. Probably a lot of you, if you listen to podcasts, uh, we've got Ali Maxwell from Not The Top 20 podcast and the Athletics Going Up, Going Down podcast. So yeah, over to you, Ali. Hello. Thanks so much for having me on this pod. I'm Ali Maxwell. I'm part of the Not The Top 20 podcast, which covers all three EFL leagues twice weekly. And we've just released our own 1-24 to predictions podcast. And it has been a pretty arduous process, but it's fun uh, to be part of this pod. So thanks for inviting me on. Uh, in my top two for the championship, I've got Brentford and Norwich. I think it's really difficult to decide which teams look well set to be excellent championship teams. Maybe it's the quick turnaround from last season. Maybe it's a reduction in transfer business across the league. But it's almost easier to pick holes in teams than it is to find reasons why they will be excellent. I think with Brentford uh, and with Norwich, there's uh, just a, a, a bit of trust in, in the people that are running the club and in their general development. I know that Norwich had a miserable time in the Premier League last season. And it must have been frustrating for fans because actually at the top of the club, you had Stuart Webber, their sporting director, kind of saying that he expected it, that he wasn't that surprised and that they'd almost planned for it. And can see why that would be frustrating, but I think in the long term, uh, it's not a terribly bad uh, sort of outlook to have. And it just feels like they're sort of two months ahead of the other relegated sides who have the potential to be amazing or have the potential to completely blow up Watford and Bournemouth, that is. Uh, I think Norwich, you know, they've already brought in a new team uh, before they've got rid of the players that are, are so heavily linked to move elsewhere. So that sort of planning can go quite a long way at a time where Watford and Bournemouth are, are probably not uh, quite on such an even keel. Uh, and with Brentford, I mean, I, I know that there's a big narrative that they choked at the end of last season and clearly they did in those individual games towards the end of the campaign. But over a 46-game season, they really were a fantastic team. And even with the probable departures of, of Ben Rama and Watkins, they've been dealing with those sorts of departures for a long time. And the way that they bring new players in and use the money that they get from those transfer fees, uh, I, I do have a belief that they will be 
still a very good side. They were brilliant defensively last year. That unit has stayed the same. And I think they will be very good again defensively this season. So I'm going to put Brentford and Norwich. But it's definitely quite tentative. I do think it's really, really difficult at this time to to predict this league. But that's kind of part of the fun, I guess. Uh, in the playoffs, it's not necessarily the same as our NTT 21-24s. Because, of course, George and I both have our own league tables that we then have to sort of squash together to make one. So I'll go with what I think personally. Uh, and I've got Watford, who I think could be anything. Uh, my suspicion is that they will start quite slowly. Uh, as the dust is is settling on what's been quite a chaotic few months for them. But I actually think Ivic, the new manager, might end up being pretty good for them. And if he is, and with the quality that they have, uh, I think if and when they focus, they'll start becoming a very good side for this division. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them challenging top two and, and finishing third. I've got Cardiff and Swansea in there as well. Of the teams that finished well last season, I think those two are pretty well set to do the same this year. Um, and in Stoke, I've got... Uh, yeah, a big riser, I guess. Uh, under Michael O'Neill, they were the sixth best team in the league after his appointment. Um, and I trust that he will keep that going. I think he's just the right person to oversee things at that club, which hopefully now, what is it, two or three years after relegation, can uh, two years rather, um, can start to sort of sort themselves out. Uh, as for a surprise team in the Championship, I've got Barnsley. I think that they have a really exciting young team. But more exciting is the way that the manager sets them up to play. I think they're a nightmare to play against. My concern is when the games come thick and fast, they might just get a bit burnt out because of the intensity of their play. But they're going to be fantastic to watch. And I do think they're ready to easily move away from a relegation battle and establish themselves a little more in this division uh, as they've been a bit of a yo-yo club, haven't they? Uh, For relegation, I've got Sheffield Wednesday. I personally don't think... That they can overcome the 12-point deduction. Gary Monk's teams are often good in spells and they're sometimes good for the early part of the season, but very rarely for the whole season. It might be that the easy motivation that they have just to, you know, to hit this target is going to help them sort of sustain over the course of the season. But I'm not convinced that the squad is particularly good. Uh, and I do worry that if they don't start very well, things will unravel uh, as their target gets further and further away. Uh, I've also got Wickham down there uh, and Rotherham as well. Two teams who come up from League One, two teams who have a lot to admire about them uh, and their management teams especially. I just think both sides are going to struggle to score goals. Rotherham, in fact, both teams really rely on, on set pieces, or at least they did in League One. I believe it's quite a big step up to the championship and I think it's very hard for any team to cope with. So I'm going to have Rotherham and Wickham in my bottom three with Sheffield Wednesday. As for top scorer, I'm going to pick Naki Wells of Bristol City. It's hard to predict exactly who will be starting up front for some of the teams that I've got at the top of the division. Uh, Maybe Ivan Toney will be up there. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a, a little while to get going. I just think Wells looks really sharp. I think Bristol City's system is going to be geared towards creating chances for him. I think there'll be a better attacking side under Dean Holden, the new manager. And I'm looking forward to seeing Wells uh, have another excellent season. Uh, I think he could reach 20 goals and and that could be a a good target. In terms of Preston, well, I'm really interested and and quite excited to see this side uh, a a year older um, and and hopefully more improved on last year. Uh, I need to see a little bit more from the side in possession and creating chances. I think it can be a bit too easy for teams to set up against Preston uh, to sit deep and to, to, to put the onus on North End to create chances. But they are, I think, a, a really, really good side uh, with a lot of good players. So I'm I'm always excited to see Ben Pearson. Uh, I know this is not news to you guys, but certainly one of the one of the best players in the league quite frankly for me certainly one of the least heralded best players in the league 
Um, and I can't wait to see him dictating things from the base of midfield and, and breaking up play uh, as he does. Um, I've got them finishing ninth, I think. Yeah, just outside the playoffs, which is kind of the same as last year. I think the same as all of you guys. I, I'm, I'm just wondering if there need to be some improvements in possession and in the final third. And ideally, there's a goal scorer to rely on. And it's hard to pick out one at the moment. I, I do wonder whether Shawnee Maguire make t- might might take the step up with a bit bit more game time as he as he gets a run at things and I'm looking forward to seeing if he can but I actually think Preston's top goal scorer will be Tom Barkhazen I think he's a fantastic player and and, and when you guys are, are able to counter-attack he is so damaging isn't he because he's so quick uh, so direct and I think that he's one of many players in your squad who has another year in the championship under his belt Another year playing an Alex Neal system, uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how Bart Hazen goes this year. I think he'll be your top scorer with, I think, 14 league goals. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for that, Ali. So, Jim, relegation. The dreaded drop. Um, okay, so the team that I think will just miss out on staying up is Rotherham. So, I like Paul Warren. I'm not going to say I don't because I think he's done a cracking job since he's since he's got the job there. Um, but I just think Rotherham will struggle. I just don't think I can't see him scoring goals. Um, the lad they got from Doncaster is it Kieran Sadler? Sadler? Yeah. Sadler, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I think he's a good signing. But they were they were too reliant last year on uh, Freddie Lodapo or Lodapo. Yeah, I don't know how you say these things, mate. And, um, <laughs> and Michael Smith, the lad who was a Swindon, I believe. He was. He was. In, he was, scored loads of goals in League One. Yeah. Um, they were reliant on them last year. They were their two top scorers, along with the lad from in midfield. But they've never made the step up to the Championship before. Um, I just don't think they've got enough to stay up. And despite him, you know, Paul Warren being a, a great coach and masterminding some great results last season you know getting them to fin- getting well to finish second last season I know obviously it was a curtailed season in, in League One but and it was very tight as well I think we've got to remember you know those top seven were separated by three points I think in League One I just think it'll just be a bridge too far for them and you know they will yo-yo again uh, between the Championship and League One I have got exactly the same I've got Rotherham um I think they'll just fall short and I think they'll, like you just said, I think they'll keep up that reputation of being a yo-yo team. But they, was it points per game they were promoted via last season? Yeah, they're so, I, I don't think their form was particularly great towards the end of the season. So I think they've maybe, maybe got a little bit lucky there because I think had the season been played out, you could have been looking at a different team in the championship instead of Rotherham. So, yeah, I've got Rotherham 22nd. I think they'll just just fall short. Um, Speaking of teams that got lucky, that'll be my team that's finishing 23rd. And that was uh, Wickham. Now, obviously, they were 7th or 8th going into lockdown. Got pushed up to 3rd on points per game. Yeah. I don't think you can take anything away from their achievements in the playoffs. The game against the two games against Fleetwood, the game in the final when they were just unbelievable that night. But this is a bridge too far for them. There is only so far that you can take a team on team spirit alone, and that is probably the championship. It's you know this is a team that got tipped to get relegated last season out of League One and got promoted, and 
Gareth Ainsworth, you know, it is one of my all-time heroes at North End. I just I love the guy, even though he looks like uh, I dread, don't, can't even describe what he looked like yesterday when he was against Brentford in a leather jacket, cowboy boots, and his long shaggy hair. Um, love him to bits, but I just think this is too far for, for Wickham personally. Um, not in a ground, you know, a club that's only holding five and a half thousand, you know, capacity. Small club in a very very big pond. You know, we're a small club in the pond. You know, and we're. You know, enormous. Yeah, we're a lot bigger than Wickham, and that's not me going teams like Wickham or anything like that. But I think they've recruited decent League One players for their ultimate demise. You know, really, I think Daryl Horgan will be a great player in League One, but yeah. is he is he going to shine in the Championship? I just don't think he is. You know, Hibs are a League One side. If you put them in England, and um, they're not a Championship team, so. They'll enjoy the ride. They'll have a lot of laughs. They'll have a lot of fun. They'll be talked about all season, but they won't get to 50 points. So, well, My my team for 23rd is Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think they'll give it a right good go, but the 12-point deduction is just going to be too much. I think it's as simple as that. They've lost quite a lot of players on free transfers as well, so they've, brought, they've had quite a lot of player turnover. Um, and yeah, I think ultimately the twelve-point deduction will cost them, and they'll be back in League One for the first time in nearly a decade since 2011-12 season. Yeah, I've got them finishing bottom. Um, I think the twelve points deduction is is huge. You know, I, I think if if Wickham get to forty-nine points, you know, to finish twenty-third, then Sheffield Wednesday have got to get sixty-one just to get yeah. above them, and they didn't get that this season. I don't think so. I, I think I just can't see them getting being a top ten championship team to survive in the league is what they're going to have to do. Yeah, um, they're going to have to get sort of sixty six to sixty eight points. Um, I think they, they they could go well because they were they were pushing the playoffs in the first what quarter of last season. But obviously, like I said, they've lost a lot of players. Mate, they were terrible when we beat them. At their place in over lockdown, they were they, yeah, were, awful. they were awful. Second, second, you know, we, we I know we won three one, but uh, we went one 0 down as well, didn't we? And that played kicked us into life that night. Yeah, but we could have been three or four up at that point. They they were shit, and I I know they've signed Kachunga, I know they've signed Izzy Brown, but they're relying on Jordan Rhodes. You've got Josh Windass as well, haven't they? Don't like Josh Windass. Don't mm. really like him as a player. I know some people really rate him, but I just think, you know, I just don't buy into his attitude. Um, I know he's been there at Chef Wednesday before, but he was on loan one day last season. Yeah, I just don't, I don't rate really rate him. I think he's probably a good League One, good SPL sort of player, but not in the champion, not at the level that Chef Wednesday needs to be at next season. Yeah, you know, I don't see Josh Windass being a top ten championship. You know, it, it, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I don't see Josh Windass playing for a top ten championship club, yeah. which is what Chef Wednesday have to be next season to stay up. And we can't take you know the fact they are minus twelve. That's they've got to get an extra four wins out of thin air, you know. And getting getting four wins in the championship is difficult. Yeah. Um. So, I think they'll finish bottom. I think it'll be close then bottom three. Um, yeah. I think they'll all probably be around the same point, but well, my my bottom team. Um, have you have you said your bottom team? Yeah, Chef Wednesday. 
All right, yeah. Well, my 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 bomb team is Wickham. Um, like like you just said, it's going to be close. There's going to be not a lot in it, and and credit to Wickham. Uh, it's obviously like we said that their efforts in the playoffs last season has been a monumental effort to get to the championship. I think they'll have a couple of decent runs. I think you might see some of their fans getting a bit giddy at certain points on social media that they might just stay up. But yeah, whether that's a rally toward the bottom of the, uh, toward the end of the season or at the start, who knows? But I think yeah, I think they'll finish up bottom of the pile. Unfortunately for for Gareth and his and his lads and big big um, Akin Fenway. Yeah, I don't think he'll play a lot this season. You know, no. They've got a, the other thing that concerns me about Wickham is their squad is really old. Mm. So, you know, you look through Akin Fenra, 38. Matt Bloomfield. Is he 38? Yeah. Jesus, what? Matt Bloomfield, 36. Um, who's the other lad, the one who takes free kicks? Um, oh, um, is he the left footer? Left footer. Mr. Penalty at um, Fleetwood. But yeah, I know, I know you mean. I can't remember his name. Is it, it's not. Um, Joe Jacobson. That's the fucker. So Joe Jacobson's 33. You know, so they have got an aging squad. And I just think in the championship where the pace is, it's ferocious at times. Yeah. Um, I just don't see a player that's 36 in the centre midfield and a left back at 33 that's not really stepped up to this level before. I can't see them really cutting it, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle, aren't they? I think yeah. for me as well, just on the bottom three, um, as we just said, those those three that we've that we've both got the same, obviously just in slightly different positions, it is going to be close. I think there's worth a mention for Huddersfield too. Um, yeah. I think they'll just about have enough to stay up, but it's going to be tight, and it's going to be a it's going to be a slog of a season for for the Terriers and their fans. Um, and and I wouldn't be surprised come the end of the season if they did end up going down. Yeah, Ollie mentioned them before, didn't he? And I'm like, the more I hear about the new coach, because obviously he's a Bielsa product. Well, he's not. He was, he, was, he was at Leeds before Bielsa. Bielsa, and then worked for Bielsa in another country. Yeah. You know, whilst that, so he's not actually experienced the Bielsa way. Yeah, he's not from know, that school of, school of El Loco, so to speak. Yeah. He's not first-hand got it. Yeah, he'll probably see in the training sessions. He'll, he'll have experienced a lot about Bielsa. Yeah. But working directly under him day-to-day, you know, being that person is completely different to, you know, managing an under-23s team. So yeah, I just think boy. it's... Um, Huddersfield concern me. They've got a few off-the-pitch issues as well in terms of the ownership and a lot of debt. Um Obviously, they are still in receipt of parachute payments, which is probably very helpful to them. Massively. Uh, but if they lose Hearn Grant and um, who else have they lost? They've obviously lost the other lad that went Kuchunga. back on loan. Um, no, can't think who it is. Well, Kachunga's gone to Chef Wednesday, haven't they? Yeah. They've lost oh, uh, Emil Smith Rowe. That's him. Gone back to um, Arsenal. So I just think they're probably lacking a little bit in firepower as well. So. Huddersfield do worry me, but I think they might just have enough about them to keep above the bottom three at this moment in time. Yeah, as as we said before, things change, don't they? Massively. Yeah, that's probably one that's going to bite me on the backside come May, mate. So uh... likewise, we'll be in that boat <laughs> together, mate. Right, yeah. So now we'll hand you over to 
George from Lang's Live. I'm sure you all know who George is, uh, George Hodgson. Yeah, take it away, George. Hi, guys. George here. I'm the North End writer at Lang's Live. Been asked by Jake to send in some predictions ahead of the new championship season, which starts this weekend as North End host Swansea at Deepdale. The first category I've been given is the top two in the championship for next season. A bit of a tough one because I don't think there's a real sort of standout team or a few, a couple of standout teams, whereas last year, I think West Brom, Leeds, Fulham and Brentford, the teams that ended up being the top four at this time last year, you'd have probably said, yeah, fair enough, though those four will, will be up there. They obviously are really sort of strong squads coaches as well um, whereas this year I'm not sure there's a team that really stands out as much as any of those four did I think Brentford might lose two of their key players Ben Rama and Watkins and I'm not sure the teams coming down are quite as are quite as strong I think they look set to lose their their sort of key men as well so not the easiest uh, not the easiest one to predict this I'd be surprised if Watford had man- uh, managed to keep hold of De La Feu and Ismail Assar as well, who's a real sort of top player. However, even if they were to do that, I think on paper, you look at Watford's squad, it's it's pretty strong. They've got some sort of real established players um, in that squad. Uh, not Don't know a great deal about the new manager there, but I think looking at their squad, you, I mean, you'd expect him to be there or thereabouts, uh, up at the top of the table. So, yeah, I must say Watford for one of my teams in the top two. And then, I know everyone's saying Brentford, but I, I'm not, not too sure if they do lose Watkins and Ben Rama. That is a serious amount of goals and assists to try and replace. And I think Ivan Tony's a decent signing. I'm not sure he's I'm not sure he's going to net 25 goals, though. And I might live to sort of eat those words, but I, I think that's a real sort of big test to come, come up first season and try and fill the boots of Ollie Watkins, who was... For me, the best striker in the league last season. I thought he was a serious sort of player who will probably get his Premier League move now. And I'm going to go for Norwich instead at Brentford in the top two. I think they've signed, what, 10, 11 players already, maybe 12 now. Um, look set to lose one of the full-backs, um, Lewis, and I think Aaron's might end up moving on as well. But I've not heard of all the players they've brought in, but the, the four or five that I have heard of, I think are all decent signings. Um, Hugh Gill, who we know about, provide good competition for Puki. Um, bit of a different type of player as well to Puki. Um, Kieran Dowell on a permanent, which is a good move because it's a permanent deal. And he sort of knows he's, he's set at Norwich now after a, so many loans away from Everton. Um, Oliver Skip is a tidy player who's got Premier League minutes and yeah, it's a good good addition on loan. Ben Gibson as well, pretty pretty proven at this level. So I think Norwich will be strong. They've still got Daniel Farker who seems to be well liked down there and, and they've sort of kept quite a lot of the guys that, that took him up two years ago. So yeah, I think Norwich Norwich will be uh, sort of one of the teams to beat this season. Like I say, they've sort of signed seven seven players I've never really heard of that much, but you'd bank on at least sort of half of them turning out to be decent signings. So, yeah, Watford and Norwich, my top two for a prediction. Then moving to the playoff places, and I know I said they'll, I think they might miss out on the top two, but I think it'd be a surprise if Brentford weren't in that top six. I think 
they uh, obviously need to replace those two if they do move on. And should should be said they've not moved on yet, but there's a lot of speculation around around the pair of them uh, getting Premier League moves. Don't think Brentford, other than that, seem to be sort of worried about losing anyone. And obviously so strong last year, came ever so close um, to to going up automatically. They'd probably never live that down to be honest. If they don't end up going uh, going up, they needed to beat Stoke and Barnsley, and they. Lost to them both. So, yeah, Brentford, I think, pretty much bank on them being in that top six if they if they match the levels that they set last year. Um, got a really sort of strong defence last year and, and they'll be wanting to maintain that. And they should sort of be desperate to to put last year behind them and a disappointment. So, yeah, Brentford, one of my playoff teams. I think that'll be the case for... Uh, most people's predictions if they've not got them in the top two, which I assume quite a few people have. Um, then I think it's a bit of a lottery. I'm not sure there's anyone else really. You could uh, put a safe bet on being in that top six, but I think I'm going to go for two teams who've been knocking on the door in the last few years. And uh, yeah, one of them is North End, and I'm going to say Millwall as well. I think Millwall are on the right path with Gary Rowett. Um, sort of been on a similar sort of path to Preston in the last few years. Not spent a great deal of money, but sort of got better each year and and sort of made clever signings. Seem to be sort of moving in that right direction. Uh, I think they've brought Parrot in Troy Parrot from Tottenham, who who is sort of a, a sort of prospect that a lot of clubs are after, and you know they managed to get him. Got a couple of players back they had on loan last season that did well for him which I think is always a good sort of sign yeah and I think I just think Millwall very sort of tough side to beat they're one of the teams I was most impressed with last year uh, when they came here Um, I think they'll sort of be strong I think they'll have a good go Um, I think this might be the year that they pip some of the teams to that top six yeah, I think and I think North End. I think North End. Why not this year? Why if they can get that striker in that that Neil wants, which isn't going to be easy. I think the squad is is strong. I think there's good competition for places. And like I said, I don't think there's a lot of lot of teams to be really afraid of. I, I, I think if North End can stay injury free, um, match the sort of levels they've set in the last few years, keep the best players. Obviously, need some sort some contracts out, but. I don't, I don't see why it's you know they've been close in the last few years and it's it's just about taking that next next step and it's another year where they've had experience at this level the players um, and yeah I think I think it's got to be this year really yeah back them to do it why not that leaves me with one space for the top six sort of got a few teams noted down like a Cardiff Derby don't I'm not sure how Cardiff got in there to be honest last year I weren't never too impressed with them but fair enough they were hard working um but I'm gonna go for toss up for me between Nottingham Forest and Swansea but I'm gonna go for the former I'll say Forest because I know they managed to stay in there for pretty much the whole of the second half of last season and then slipped out in the 90th minute on the final day so I think they've only lost Matt Cash, uh, got a fair chunk of money for him, uh, which I'm sure they'll sort of reinvest. But they have already made some signings, and none of them for me are signings you're really sort of jealous of. But the solid signings, the likes of Jack Colback, um, Lyle Taylor, Luke Freeman, decent player, Tyler Blackett as well. Uh, Lamushi showed he's a decent coach at this level in his first season. So yeah, I think Forrest, uh, after a 
season where they really should have got in there last last time round. We'll be wanting to make sure they manage to get in that top six because it's a club that needs to be getting in the top six. You know they've not managed not managed it for a while now. It was sort of a toss up between them and Swansea for me for the, that last spot, but I think Ryan Brewster was the reason Swansea got in the top six last season, and ultimately they don't have him this they won't have him this time round, um, and that's a serious talent to try and replace in terms of scoring goals. He made it look easy to be honest, didn't he? So yeah, I'll say Forest just about pipping Swansea, even though I think the Swans have made some decent signings especially Gibbs White from Wolves, who I'm surprised they managed to get, to be honest. I didn't think he'd be dropping down to championship level, but you know, Wolves are sort of looking at top six, aren't they now? So maybe they feel that was the right move for him. But uh, yeah, my top six, I'll say obviously Norwich and Watford, as I've already said, for top two. And then my playoff teams, Brentford probably third. And then in no particular order, I'll go Millwall, Forest and North End. Didn't mention Bournemouth, who who could end, definitely end up being strong, but I just sort of had a look at Bournemouth's squad, and it, I think the start starting eleven will be will be strong, but losing Fraser, King, and Wilson, and then sort of looking a little bit thin all of a sudden up top. And one thing you can say about Bournemouth is um, there's still a month of the transfer window to, window to go, and they're going to take in about eighty million in transfer fees. So if they want to back the manager and really want to go for it. They're going to have the funds there to, to have a go. So could all change with a few signings. That could Those playoff um, predictions could end up looking a bit silly. But uh, yeah, as things stand, Forest, Brentford, Preston and Millwall for playoffs. Next up, come to the surprise packages, surprise teams in the Championship. Um, I think it's fair to say putting Mill, Millwall... In uh, in the playoffs, that might be a bit of a surprise call, but I think they've they've been close, haven't they, in the last few years? Top half team, uh, never easy to beat, and probably not as not a massive surprise, but one that you might not expect to sort of hear as a playoff prediction. Um, next two teams, I've got Coventry written down because I think they had a very good year last year in League One. Good to have a club like Coventry back in the championship even though they've still not got the ground situation sorted out properly but I saw it caught them a few times on telly last season and I know that sounds silly judging a team off a couple of games on the telly but they they sort of played really decent football a few young players in the team that that looked the part and and they've sort of backed the manager they made a few signings this summer already Uh, more than five, six, seven signings already including the lad from Forest Tyler Walker who had a Good uh, season, scoring season last last time round, and he'll want to prove himself in the championship now. Uh, I think that's a decent signing. I think they got the lad O'Hare back, who they had on loan from Villa last season. And like I said with Millwall before, I think it's always good when you get someone back who's done well for you the, the previous year. So yeah, Coventry, one of my surprises, and then I'll say Barnsley as well, who I think a few others might might uh, might say as well. Barnsley after. Staying up last season, albeit it was it was only because of Wigan's sorry situation with the administration, but Barnsley will take massive confidence from staying staying up um, because they've been a bit of a yo-yo team in recent years, but they've managed to sort of stay in there this season, and the platform is there for them to kick on. And I think Barnsley are another team that play the some of the play the don't want to say the right way, but the way you like to see, um, like to watch. 
And the manager, Gerhard Struber, seems a real sort of character as well. Very likeable chap uh, who seems to have gone down a hit there. So, yeah, Barnsley, I think, will uh, hopefully... They're a similar sort of size to Preston. Like to see Barnsley manage to sort of stabilise a bit at championship level. And I think, why not? They've got a decent decent squad. Uh, I know they're in a bit of trouble with having to maybe sell players and things, but uh, they should be looking to kick on after that really sort of miraculous survival last season where they won at Brentford in the last minute. So I'll have Barnsley and Coventry as my main two surprises for the upcoming season. And the final prediction for the championship table, obviously got to the bottom end of the table, which never... Very nice one to have to try and predict, but first up we'll talk Sheffield Wednesday because they're on minus 12 before a ball has been kicked. And I think if they'd, I'm right, I think I'm right in saying that if that had ever been applied um, at the end of last season, they'd have gone down with Wigan. So, or Wigan might have stayed up, can't quite think, but Wednesday I'm pretty sure would have gone down with that. So they are going to have to be better than they were last year because I'm not sure the teams down there going to be any weaker than they were last year I think it's uh, maybe not as strong at the top but I'm not sure there's a load of teams you're looking at thinking oh they'll be in trouble um, so yeah massive massive task for Sheffield Wednesday this year I think and I think they might be in trouble don't think the signings have made are anything particularly special so yeah huge, huge challenge for Wednesday and I'm not sure they'll they'll uh, have enough they've obviously got to get points on the board early doors and um, It'd be a massive club to go down to League One, but they've been there before. Gary Monk needs his players to, to sort of step up from the off. I'm not sure they'll have enough. So Sheffield Wednesday will be one of my teams to go down this season. Psychologically as well, being, minus, being on minus 12, you know, I know they've, they don't, I'm sure they're all professionals and they'll, they'll want to, be, if anything, be even more desperate to win games. But in the back of your mind, it must be sort of demoralising to be minus 12 before you've even kicked a ball um, and my other two I'm going to say two of the teams that came up because I think Rotherham I think they've improved under Paul Warren I think even when they went down under him uh, in 2018-19 they, they were sort of showing signs of improvement but I just never really have any faith Rotherham are going to stick around I'm not sure that they've got the squad to stay up I'm sure they'll give it a good go I'm sure they'll be as hard working as ever but yeah Rotherham I'm going to say will be joining Sheffield Wednesday at the bottom of the table come May next year and then finally I think I don't want to say Gareth Ainsworth but Gareth Ainsworth's Wickham but I think that's a massive like Wednesday massive um, test for them in the championship this year for that club I'm, I'm sure they'll not lack any sort of determination or work rate or desire but I just my just sort of thinking is who else I'm not sure who Wickham are going to get what three teams Wickham are going to get more points than but yeah excited to see how they do uh, I'd love to see Gareth Ainsworth keep them up but as things stand I, I can't see it so Wickham Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday for my bottom three top scorer in the championship next season Um. And again, I'm not. I'm not sure there's a there's a real obvious one this time this time round because I think Watkins and Ben Rama will move on. Who obviously were up there last season. Mitrovic has got promoted with Fulham. 
Um, Carlin Grant is rumoured with a move to West Brom. Eze has moved on as a midfielder, but still scored quite a lot of goals. So you've not actually got, apart from like Lewis Graben and I think Adam Armstrong was up there, you've not really got loads of the big hitters left from last season. Um, not sure how many Andre Ayew got. I think he he, he notched a few. Uh, probably would have been Ryan Brewster if he'd have been here all season, but I don't think he's going to be back in the championship uh, for this this campaign. I think I'm gonna. I'm not sure how, how if he's going to play as much as he did um, when they went up, but I'm going to say Timu Puki. I watched him a few times for Norwich last season, and he was still getting chances. And he's, I think he's still a very sort of dangerous dangerous player at this level. Um, my other one was Andre Gray, but I actually looked how many goals he scored last season. He scored two, so I think that's a really sort of big step up, scoring two goals and then having to go and score sort of 20, 25, which you probably need to be the championship top scorer. Finally, move on to the North End predictions for the new season. Uh, we've got where do I think North End will finish, who do I think the standout player will be and who do I think the top scorer will be. So we'll start with where do I think North End will finish. I think I'm going to say sixth for now because while they still have work to do in the transfer window, I think they will bring someone in. I'm not sure who, but I can't see us going all the way through to October 17th and a striker not coming in. Um, so I, so I, I guess it depends on who that striker is and the impact they make, but I, I, I believe North End will, will manage to get someone in um, over the next month, uh, whether they look elsewhere as well for maybe a backup goalkeeper, but you've got three on the books at the minute so if, if that was to happen one would probably have to leave out on loan or, or whatever uh, been talk of a full back I'm not sure we'll see a full back come in or not but I think North End squad is strong um, midfield especially centre half especially providing nobody leaves starting to see the, you know, the likes of Sinclair Jordan Story, Ryan Ledson even Stockley I think has looked better in recent months and I think they've, they have got a strong squad that has sort of had another year of experience under the belt at this level. And like I say, I don't think the, the league itself uh, is sort of filled with teams that you, you should be scared of really. I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's as strong as it as it was last year in, in with regards to the you know the, the teams you'd maybe say it'll be up there. I think Stoke are one of the favourites well were one of the early favourites to to um go up. I'm not sure why. But yeah, I think I think North End will, will do it this season. I'm gonna say sixth for a final finish in the table. Next up we'll go for the standout player. Um like some of the names I've just mentioned there, it's good to see you know lads coming on and, and clearly improving. But I think if you're talking about a standout player, there's there's sort of three names really that you're gonna pick from. It's it's DJ, it's Ben Davis or Ben Pearson, but if I'm ha- if I have to pick one, I'm probably going to go for the latter. To be honest, Ben Pearson, because I just think he's an absolute class act, who continues to sort of perform pretty much week in week out. Let's be honest; it's a, a you rarely come away from Deepdale or or an away game thinking, "Oh, I wish Pearson, you know, Pearson had a poor game today. I wish he'd have played better." Uh, he's pretty much just sort of six and a half, seven out of ten as a minimum each week, and. I think he's probably as good as you're going to get in that position. His manager thinks that, and I think you'd you'd sort of find it hard to disagree with him. Um, 
Pearson is just a top player, a top player in in a really top midfield as well. And yeah, you've got lads coming on and providing competition, but I think he's he's still the first name on the team sheet for Alex Neil. So yeah, if if he fingers crossed, he's still here for the for the new season. Um, stays here as well. But yeah, standout player for me, Ben Pearson, as a prediction. And lastly, we've got the top scorer for North End. A um, bit difficult because if someone comes in who you think, wow, yeah, that's a good signing, um, someone that's going to play week in, week out, or the majority of the games up front, then you'd probably say them. But we've yet to see that person come in. So got to pick from the players that, that are there currently. I think Sean Maguire, Stockley and Sinclair will all have decent or better seasons in front of goal. I don't think... I think Sean Maguire will score more than, what, four or five goals, was it, last season? Um, I think Stockley was starting to see adapt to championship football and adapt to the team as well. They're sort of slowly finding the way to get the best out of him. And I think Sinclair is a sort of natural goal for it and also a natural kind of finisher. So if chances come away... Or, sorry, come his way, I think he'll stick more away than he doesn't. Uh, however, I'm going to go for a different name. I, I think Johnson will have another good season in front of goal, but it was a, quite a, a ridiculous number of penalties last season. Uh, you know, you've still got to stick a penalty away, but um, yeah, I, thought, I think if it's a midfielder or as a top scorer again, then the forwards should be should be disappointed. And I think they'll all have, you know, a bit of a um, sort of desire to for that not to be the case this season. Um, but I'm going to say Barkazen for top scorer because I think he's showed he's a reliable player in the sense that he'll probably give you 10 goals minimum a season now at championship level. He's very trusted by his manager. He'll be on the team sheet uh, most weeks. And I think, yeah, he's he's developed into a, a player that, that should be setting... 10 goals as a sort of minimum for him now. At his best season scoring last season, I think he'll do the same if if not score a few a few more this season. So, yeah, back in Barcazin to get into the teens this year. Um and for that reason I'll I'll say I'll say he will be the top scorer. Thank you very much for that George. Much appreciated. Uh, make sure you go and follow him on Twitter for all the all the latest from uh from inside Deepdale if you will. Yeah, championship surprise team, mate. Who have you got? So, I was torn on this one. Ollie's touched on Barnsley. He's also touched on Millwall. Um, I think both of those are great shouts in terms of surprise teams. But I'm going to go with a man and a team that I know Ollie is a big fan of as well, and that is Luton Town. Um the Nathan Jones effect is real is probably the way I'm <laughs> going to start that. So cracking win for them this weekend against Norwich in the Carabao, James Collins hat trick in the second half. And that sort of cemented my mind really that Nathan Jones isn't a flash in the pan. Um, as a coach. Yes, he is aggressive. Yes. He wants his team to work hard. And I think that's probably why it didn't work out from at Stoke because of the personalities and the, yeah egos that he's probably having to manage you know Luton and Nathan Jones is probably a perfect fit yeah. you know a bit of a smaller club wanting hard work wanting a team and a team that wants to learn as well um, I think their recruitment's been strong this year um, they've put in Ackerton Jordan Clark who I quite like as a player 
They brought James Bree back on loan, back on loan from Aston Villa. I think they've signed him permanently, even though they had him last year on loan. Um, the 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 sign that excites me most about Luton is Tom Lockyer activating his release clause from Charlton on a free is cracking business. Yeah. Um, I think that for for me they're another team that finished strongly. They were fifth in the form table for the last fifteen games of the season. Um. A team we should have beaten, by the way. Yeah, we should have, but I think that says a lot about Luton as a team. Yeah, and it was Nathan Jones' first game back, that, well, one of his first games back, wasn't it, um, when we played them? I think, I think um, it was his first. Yeah, and they only had two defeats in those last 15 games. Yeah. So They played some six, big teams as well. Yeah, I mean, they had six clean sheets in those last 15 games, so they weren't conceding loads of goals. I know... There's critics about their two centre-halves, but they've got a good keeper in Sluger. Um, you know, they're, more, they're, they're higher in the form table than Fulham, West Brom and Swansea. Um, and I think momentum's really key. And I think, yeah. you know, starting the season with a win in the Cup, um, I just think that they'll kick on. And I think, yeah, they're not going to break into the top half, I don't think. But I think 14th or 15th place for a team like Luton is a cracking cracking finish for them really yeah. um, they've got to sort their away form out though so they're just above Barnsley in the, for last season so they picked up 20 points from the 23 games um, so if they can you know pick up another 5 or 6 points um, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were I mean, obviously I'm only basing this off when they came to Deepdale but I wouldn't say they were a million miles away because that was a hell of a game that they gave us at, at, it was at a, home it was it was a battle. It was a different yeah. manager, though, because it was Graham Jones in charge at that point. And I think yeah, they, but their I, goals I like are... to think Nathan Jones would still like to go away from home and make make games a battle, as far as leading yeah. are concerned. Their goal was a penalty, weren't it? Yeah, uh, that day, and I think it took Stop a late Jaden winner, yeah, um, to, to obviously clinch the game for us. I think it should have been more than two one on that game, from what I remember of it. Um, but I just remember it being a, a real tough draft. Yeah, yeah, and I think. If you can get to, because they've not got the quality of, you know, a Norwich or a Brentford or a Bournemouth or a Watford, those sort of games. Watford Luton's a cracking derby, by the way. It's not been played for years. Oh, um, yeah, of course. So and that's a, that's quite a, a feisty derby to say the least. The first one's behind closed doors, unfortunately, or fortunately if you're Hertfordshire Police, because you know I don't think they'd want running battles that day. But it's, um, yeah. It'll be interesting how Luton get on this year under Nathan Jones, and I'm pretty sure he'll stay put now if another club comes knocking. Yeah, I you think know, he'll learn that lesson. Yeah, and I think the thing is with Stoke, you needed a big manager to go into that job. You didn't need Nathan Jones because you know it's like a lot of clubs that it's like when Simon Grayson went to Sunderland. Simon Grayson wasn't the right man, and he, he admits it himself, you know, in mm. terms of it, he was the wrong man for the job at the time because of the job that had to be done there. Yeah. And I just but think the, the thing that will stand out fit. to any manager with those kind of jobs is that if you go in and you're the one to turn it round. Yeah. Then, then you're the man, aren't you, at that point? But exactly. I think Nathan Jones probably knows his level now. Um, yeah. Probably, you know, if we ever lose Alex Neil, I think. I think it'd be a perfect fit. Be a good fit honest. here, yeah. Maybe not a perfect fit, but yeah, good fit. But aggressive, you know, young, passionate, energetic. You know, once he seems to be playing decent football. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Luton are my surprise team. Who've you got for yours? 
Well, I, I alluded to it before. I've got Millwall. Um, I just think Gary Rowett's got a very good thing going at the Den. He's got a system that works. He's got players that know it. And he's just, every, everywhere you look in Millwall's squad, they're just very good, solid championship players. Um, obviously, they've got Jed Wallace. They brought in, what the hell's his name from um, Derby? He was there on loan last season. Mason Bennett or Mason Scott Malone. Bennett. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think Millwall will go well. I think they'll be steady pretty much all the way through and I think they'll make a late push and I think they'll sneak top six and I think they'll get that six spot. Yeah, I think their recruitment's been really good this summer. Yeah, obviously they've got Troy Parrott in on loan from Tottenham. I think he'll score goals. I've not seen much yeah. about him, but obviously he's, he's highly rated. Um, by Ryan all accounts, Woods. we were in for him as well. Yeah, that one's perfect. Ryan Woods is a cracking signing for Millwall. Yeah. What a, you know... I, a proper Millwall type of player as well. Yeah. You know, Scott Malone and Mason Bennett, both from Derby. I just think, I just look at them and I just think, yeah, you've got to make up a good side this year. Jed Wallace, you know, 23 goal contributions last year. Yeah. 10 goals and 13 assists. Obviously, big Matt Smith up from 13 goals, four assists for him. So, I just think them two, especially are key to their success. Um, 47 points in their last 30 games, which would, put them on about 73 points in a normal season um, you know they were 6th overall in the form table um, for the last 30 games just think that sort of momentum could potentially get them more. I th- I've got them personally I've got them finishing 8th yeah. um, but I just think it's one of those where if it's a tight league again like it was last year they could be anywhere up there yeah, no, yeah. like I said, they're, they're my surprise team. I don't think it'd be much of a surprise to people listening, but I just think they'll they'll do enough just to push for that top six and, and they'll sneak in there right at the end for me. Um, and now we'll hand you over to someone that you'll have heard frequently on the podcast before. Uh, that's Ollie Dawes, who is the man behind Deepdale Digest. Hiya, it's Ollie here from Deepdale Digest with a few predictions ahead of the new championship season. Um, we're going to get started with the top two. Um, with less than a week to go until the start of the campaign, there doesn't appear to be one powerhouse contender for the title, but I will back Norwich and Brentford to go up automatically. Uh, Norwich have recruited very quickly following their relegation and have so far managed to keep hold of the likes of Max Irons, Todd Cantwell, Emmy Buendia and more, whilst adding an improving championship striker in Jordan Hugel. Brentford have so far kept the majority of their side together too, and while Solly Watkins may go, Ivan Tony is a more than decent replacement after his exploits at Peterborough. The playoff battle will likely be a fierce one, and it's currently hard to bet against Derby County and Nottingham Forest making it in there. Derby have youthful exuberance around Wayne Rooney, whilst Forest have added more goals in Lyle Taylor and will be desperate to bounce back from last season's capitulation. Watford should be in the mix, especially if they can keep hold of winger Ismail Assar, and I'll give the last spot to Preston, providing we can get a striker in. There aren't many teams that are at higher than North End as things stand, and bringing in a goal scorer could just get us into the top six. It's great to see Gareth Ainsworth and Wickham in the Championship, but it's also hard to see them surviving as things stand, even if Daryl Horgan is a decent addition. Rotherham's Euro Club status could well continue as they return to the Championship, whilst it's difficult to imagine that Sheffield Wednesday will survive given their 12-point deduction. I quite fancy Coventry to be something of a surprise team this season. They were excellent under Mark Robbins last term, especially defensively as they came up from League One. And they have recruited well with a mix of talented young British players like Ben Sheaf, Ryan Giles and Tyler Walker, as well as foreign players in Marcel Hilsner, Gustavo Hamer and Brighton's Leo Ostergaard. 
Of the priority teams, they're the ones I fancy to not only stay up, but push towards mid-table if those imports settle in quickly. Uh, as for top goal scoring the league this season, I'll back uh, the aforementioned Ivan Tony. Uh, he was far, far too good for League One, and in a Brentford team that create chance after chance, he will be able to show his quality in the second tier. Uh, Preston's standout player, I'd have to go with Ben Pearson, provided he isn't sold over the next month. Uh, he's the heartbeat of our midfield, a more mature player now, and frankly too good for the championship with his ability to both break up the game and control possession. As mentioned earlier, I'm back in present for a playoff spot, providing we get that striker in. That really feels like the only thing we're missing right now, but without a forward who can come in and score 10 or more goals this season, we might be looking at another finish around 10th. I'd like to think our top goalscorer isn't at the club right now and will be brought in over the coming weeks, but from the current crop of Preston players, then I fancy Scott Sinclair to be our leading goalscorer. He blew hot and cold after arriving from Celtic in January, but has looked bright in pre-season and even when not at his best, is a continuous goal threat around the box. Thank you very much for that, Ollie. Uh, don't forget you can go and check Ollie out on, on Twitter um, and the, the Deepdale Digest website, which is just deepdaledigest.com. Um, top goal scorer, mate, in the championship, that is. Right, I want you to give yours first, mate, because mine is left field and it's going to take some explaining. Fair enough. Um, it's a bit, it was a bit of a tough one, this. I've seen a lot of people, and I, and I mean a lot of people, have gone for Timu Puki. Um, I think that's too obvious. There's obviously Jordan Hugo who's also at Norwich. He'll guarantee you double figures, but I probably wouldn't put him in the top two or three. Glenn Murray as well, someone that I mentioned earlier. Um, he's He's got goals in him. Troy Deeney, should he stay at Watford as well? Um, however, my top goal scorer, I'm going to go for Lewis Graben. Um, I just think is. His form over the last few seasons, um, I just think this will be the season that, that he does it uh, and gets that that top spot, if you will. I don't know if it's um, one that many players go after, but I suspect for a striker it'll be one. Um, yeah, he's got 20 or more goals in three different championship seasons. And, and yeah, I just think this will be the one that he gets that accolade. Okay. I have gone very left field, a name that hasn't been mentioned in anybody's post on our um, prediction so far, and I've gone Dominic Solanke at Bournemouth. Oh. Now, people are thinking, why the hell have you chosen him? he even existed, I'm not going to lie. Exactly. So that's, and that's the whole point, people forgot he exists. Um, I think he'll find his level in the championship, and he'll get regular game time now Callum Wilson's gone. Hmm. He'll be the main man at Bournemouth, um, and I just think he'll score goals. You only have to look at his scoring record for England under twenties um, during, obviously, his time in the twenty threes at Liverpool. I just think he's he can do it at this level. So I back him to get twenty plus goals next season for Bournemouth, Fair um, and I just think he will step up. I think that's going to go one or two ways. He's going to finish with less than ten, or he's going to be right up there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That he could fail miserably. Yeah. You know. Um, but I just think he'll step up I just think you know especially if to lose Josh King as well I think that someone's got to step up and score goals at that club mm. I, think I think just, we'll just one, one well just one more point on, on Solanke before we wrap that bit up the, the fact that he, he spent the time that he has at Liverpool you'd think that would help him sort of step up and should he become the main man deal with that pressure as well yeah 
I think it's I don't I think he was just starting to hit a little bit of form in the back end of the well not form as such, but he was starting to get game time and yeah, score goals. A bit of a run, wasn't it? Back in the Premier League season. He scored against West Ham in a friendly last week. Um I think they beat West Ham five three in a friendly and he scored yeah. in that game as well. So I do think they've got goals in Bournemouth. I, I know people look at them and think mm, they're going to struggle or, or not even get into the top six in a lot of cases. But I just, I just fancy them for some reason. Fair enough. Yeah, well, I think we will call that part one there, pal. Sound. Cool. All right, I'll go and grab a brew and uh, come back for the rest. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. Um, yeah, we're moving on to the next part now, which is the standout player for Preston North End this season. And for me, Jim, I've got Scott Sinclair. I think this season is going to be the one that he, he steps up and sort of not hits the heights that we expected of him. Because I feel like that... Well, no, I suppose you could say that, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think with a pre-season under his belt, uh, I would imagine that he's now settled again in the area with his misses and his and his young kids. And yeah, I'm backing him to go on and have, have a good season for us. And Touch on Sinclair again in a bit for me. Um, I think it's a big yeah. season for him. Um, I, I, I think it's. I think he'll play 30 to 35 games. I think he'll be up to speed. He can hurt teams as well. well I think he, he said in the form. press today, hasn't he, that he... he um, he feels that this is the season that he, he will show PNE fans what he's all about. And I think Alex Neal said that he's he's a constant threat. Yeah. You no, know, however long you leave him on the pitch for, whether it's the last minute or the first minute, he, he can he can conjure something can, up. That's the thing with, with Scott Sinclair, because he has got that talent and ability. Yeah. So I think it's it's one of those really. I think if he finds form quickly, he might not even be here in January. He might get snapped up. So I think it's a case you of... Reckon? Yeah, definitely. Because if you think about it, he's got 30, he's 31, 32. If you, you're playing for a team with the bottom eight budget in the league and someone comes in, if, you're, if you scored 12 goals by January, um, 10, 12 goals, and you're contributing, then call it, of course. You know, yeah. people are going to look at him, aren't they? Because at the end of the day, he's got talent. He's played in the Premier League before for, for Man City, for Swansea. Yeah. I, I, you know, well, he's he played at the top level. He's played in the Champions League, hasn't he? So. That's what I mean. So, yeah, I think if he does hit the ground running, because I know Peter mentioned last last week about not wanting to be a stepping stone, but Scott Sinclair could be using as a stepping stone, to be fair, to get back to the level that he wants to be at. Yeah. So I, I think it's a massive season for, for Scott Sinclair. And I, yeah, standout wise, I think it's a good shout. Um, I've gone not not a predictable choice, but someone that. I I'd think, argue Sinclair's predictable. Well, he's not stood out so far, so I don't think it's that predictable, to be fair. Um, yeah, fair I think he's, he's got to step up. I think Ben Pearson in the. Friendlies that I've seen him play so far in the cup game, I think, has just stood out like a, you know, he stood out so well. I just think, you know, he's such a different level um, compared to the rest of our team. Um, you can't really look past him as a standout, you know, as our standout player. But the one player I think will really step up this season is Ryan Ledson. 
Yeah. Um, I predict five plus goals for him. I think he'll cement that number eight position as a box-to-box midfielder as his own. I think he'll come on this season. I think he came on after lockdown. I think he was Massive really strong. Work. Massive. And, and I think he'll make that position his own this season. I just I can see it working. If we keep hold of DJ and Pearson especially, you know, those three as a, a trio in the middle of the park, I can yeah. just see working really well. Plenty um, of legs in there, isn't there? Yeah, and I, just something that hasn't been touched on so far is a captaincy piece as well for North End. I can see DJ getting that. Um, really? I know people, yeah, I, I just think DJ's a leader. Um, I know people don't really see that, but if you watch him on the pitch, he's constantly barking orders, he's, he's constantly talking, he's, he's, he's ferocious in a different way that you don't expect him to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, like, he's always closing down. I know obviously there's that stat about him winning the most balls in the final third of anyone in the league. I just think. If, he does, if it's predictable choice, it'll be Alan Brown. But I think Daniel Johnson, you know, he, he picked up the armband a couple of times last season. I just think he, he if he wants to stay, because we don't know if he does yet. Mm-hmm. He's not saying he wants to leave, but that doesn't mean he wants well, to stay. Apparently he's not, has he? Um, I just think, you know, give him the armband and let him really push on, If we get, especially if he signs a new deal. Yeah. Right, yeah. So we'll hand over now to um, everyone's favourite LEP reporter, Dave Seddon. Over not to Tom you, Sandals. Not Tom Sandals. <laughs> yeah, no, no offence, Tom. Um, yeah, over to you, Seds. Hi, uh, Dave Seddon from the Lancashire Post, tweeting it at Seds underscore LEP, just with a few championship predictions for this season for the uh, from the Finney podcast. Um, top two of the championship this season. I think Norwich will be there thereabouts in the top two. Uh, been impressed with their recruitment since uh, they got relegated. Obviously, uh, I think all eyes will be on Jordan Hugo, how he does. Probably go with Brentford as well up there, just on the basis that he got to the playoff final last year. Um, obviously, they might still lose a couple of players, but if they recruit properly, they'd be expected to be up there. Playoffs, probably look at Swansea, Nottingham Forest, Watford, uh, perhaps Cardiff or perhaps North End. I think North End's inclusion in the top six would depend on them getting a striker in the striker who's going to get him sort of more than a dozen goals 12 to 15 I think we always talk about a 20 goal a season striker but you know someone can get sort of as a, around the 15 mark backed up by a few more from the wings and midfield you know I think I think North End you know have got a chance of being in there relegation um, probably go for Wickham bit predictable I suppose but the, the new to the division not got the biggest of budgets I do wish him well, though. I'm a big fan of Gareth Ains as a player when he was at North End. I think he's done wonders as a manager there. Really like him. bit different, breath of fresh air to the, to the division. You know, a, a new name. Uh, hope they don't go down, but I just think they might struggle. Rotherham seem to yo-yo quite a bit, don't they? So I'll probably look at Rotherham as one. Sheffield Wednesday, they've got the 12-point deduction. They'll find that tough to turn around. They're a bit, they're a bit up and down, aren't they? So... Maybe Chef Wednesday in there. If not, bit of a dark horse to go down Huddersfield. Uh, might have egg on my face there, but I'm not convinced by the setup there. I think I think you got rid of the Cowley brothers who might be rather annoying on the touchline, but I think they did a decent job really. Um, so yeah, have to see with that one. Uh, surprise package in the championship this season. I think Middlesbrough will do a lot better. I think Warnock tends to get sides going pretty well, so. I think they'll do a lot better than 
you know they have been over the last couple of seasons so they're my surprise package uh championship stop top scorer probably looking at Puki at norwich if they hang on to him likewise brentford if brentford hung on to the you know to any of their big front three they might you know be up there as top scorers but again it looks like they're off aren't they um Ivan Tony's come in there. I don't know if he's top scoring material, you know, what would be his first season properly at this level. Uh, Troy Deeney as well at, at Watford, although whether they hang on to him for this season, I'm not too sure. Um, PNE standout player, I'll go for Ben Pearson. Um, I think he's so important to the side. Just just make, makes no offence tick, you know, but I thought, yeah, I think, I think in games you can manage without him at times, but you know, with it, with him in there, you are a better side. You know, and pair him up right with someone. I think, uh, I think he could really, really impress this season. Um, he's finished. Covered it a little bit in the playoffs. I think without a striker, eighth, maybe ninth. With a striker in, he scores goals. Not just bringing in the striker for the hell of it, but one who will score goals. I think they could make the playoffs. And uh, Pianney's top scorer. Going to go with Scott Sinclair. I think it's a. It's a big season for him. Um, we got three last season. He was in and out, a bit up and down with his form, but I think he's looked quite bright this, you know, during pre-season and you know, a, you know, a good a good pre-season behind him, good fitness regime. His family settled off the pitch. I just think he's got the pedigree. He's still got the pace to do well. So I go with Scott Sinclair as uh, PNE's top scorer. I'm hopeless uh, pundit, you know, sometimes on predictions. Um, not a great gambler, so whether <laughs> whether I get any of these predictions right, I don't know, but that that's what I'm going with. Hope you're all well. Cheers, man. Cheers for that, Dave. Much appreciated. Um, I hope you don't take too much offence to what I said, Tom. Um, it's nothing personal. <laughs> um, Jim, what 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 have you got for North End's finish this season? So obviously we're we're both not in the top six. Well, all three of us aren't in the top six, are we? No. Uh, from those boys, um, I can see us finishing exactly the same spot as we did this season, uh, and that's ninth um, behind Swansea and Millwall in seventh and eighth. Um, I can just see it being another really tight league, though, where there's yeah. like four to six points that separates fifth to tenth in the league. Um, a lot of the teams are very similar level. Yeah. Um, a lot of the teams will rely on form and momentum to really push themselves up the league. Um, We've got to finish strong. We've not finished strong in any of the seasons that Alex Neal's been here, apart from, obviously, that first season where we finished seventh. And even then, we should have really snuck into the playoffs, or could have, yeah. um, if it wasn't for a couple of slip-ups in that final month. So I just feel that if we get through our start, which is really tough um, in my eyes, I look at them first five games and... I think all five of those teams have been predicted for a top six finish by at least one of us. Yeah. And um, if we get through that, a decent points would turn and we've got a chance then to build momentum. Um, our first nine games, I've got them scribbled down here. Um, and being honest with you, that first 20% of the season, if we can come out of those games in the top half, we've got a great chance, um, personally, because... You know, 27 points to play for. You're playing Brentford, you're playing Swansea, you've got Norwich, Cardiff, Stoke. You've got two winnable away games in QPR and Huddersfield. 
but that's after fans come back. So yeah. I think they, those atmospheres will be a little bit different than the lockdown games. Let, let's milk. chuck in as well the the derby game in the in the cup. It's not going to be an easy game. I know it's the cup, but you know if we struggle against Swansea and then lose against Derby, you could be looking ahead and into that Norwich game, back of two yeah. defeats or Norwich and then Swan. You know Norwich and then Stoke and then Brentford and Cardiff. It's relentless that first. Yeah. You know first month of the season middle of, till the middle of October, really, isn't it? Yeah, when obviously we get. QPR, Huddersfield, Millwall, Birmingham. You know, there the last four games are probably where we'll aim for trying to aim for twelve points. Really, you know, especially the two, last two home games against Millwall and Birmingham. You yeah. want to be beating a team like Millwall that's going to be similar towards this season, I think, in terms of position and, and stature. So, I think you know, if we get through those first nine games, and I think we'll reevaluate then where we're going to be. Yeah. So you've gone with ninth. Um... For me, I think we're going to fall short, obviously, of the top six this time around again. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know, people might not know this, but I've, with North End, um, well, they probably are done because it's only standout player we've done, but I've tried to base things off the fact that we're probably going to lose two or three of the big four. Um, and going off what Peter said in our interview with him last week, if you've not listened to that yet, go and listen to it. Depending on who they are, we might not even replace them. So I think losing Pearson will struggle to influence tempo games and, and control that middle of the park area. There's obviously the massive, massive fact that we haven't signed a striker yet um, this summer. In the two and a half years since Hugel's left, we've not really signed a competent one. Um, obviously, we brought in Jaden Stockley. He's the only striker we've paid money for. And then there is Nugent on a free. Neither of them are up to much at this level. Um, Stockley could be a, a useful option through the season. You know, he might chip in with sort of like five to eight, ten goals, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but I can't see him leading the line week in, week out. And I think failure to strike to sign a competent striker, um, coupled with losing two or three of the big four, is going to cost us. And I'm going to say that we're going to find ourselves back in uh, our home position of 11th, um, should all of the above happen. I think we've got more than enough to steer clear of relegation. So anyone that's got fears of that, I wouldn't worry too much personally. However, should we manage to get two or three of the big four signed and we bring in a competent striker, I think we'll challenge maybe a bit more strong, a bit strong, a bit more strong. Uh, whatever the word is more strongly more strongly there we go for the top six but again I think we would fall short even if we do make those signings um, so should all that happen then I would I would put us down for my prediction of last year of, of eighth but no yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with twelfth I'm going to be a massive uh, sorry eleventh I'm going to be a massive pessimist some might Meet say mind up Jay it's top half finish isn't it at the end of the day it, yeah, you know, top half finish like you said, we've got a bottom eight, bottom six budget, so you you got to take it, haven't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Who have you gone top scorer? Because oh, you're jumping I've the gun there, pal. I've, are we? Oh, yeah, we've got John Roper. Yeah, and Everyone's... without further ado, here's uh, here's John Roper for you all. John, thanks for coming on the uh, From the Finney pre-season podcast. I suppose um, just introduce yourself for the guys out there that that don't know you. Okay, I'm John Roper. I'm uh, 60 years old. I've uh, been watching North End since I was seven. 
53 seasons. Uh, done most things at Deep Dell, played on the pitch, sold programmes, painted the ground. Had a really good run over the last 20 years, 25 years probably, through work and, well, uh, the flexibility of work to be going to most games. Uh, in fact, he had about a 750 league game run without missing one up to about 2012. So I think that's my biggest claim to fame. Uh, I do do a little blog every week if you want to read it. It's JRPNE blog. Just type that in the in your search engine. And uh, if you agree with me, my name's John Roper. If you don't, it's Alex Neal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to answer Jimmy's questions. Yeah, where can we find you on Twitter, John? Because I know you're uh, on Twitter. On uh, I'm yeah. at, at Budgie Rustler. At Budgie Rustler. So um, on Twitter and John Roper on Facebook. Yeah, good stuff. So um, I suppose this season, John. So I suppose it's going to be a season like no other. Obviously, starting behind closed doors. I suppose. What's your feelings? And I suppose what's your, I suppose your goals for this season coming up. I've watched a lot of seasons now, Jimmy, and I still haven't seen one ball kicked in the top flight. So I've only one goal left of football. Yeah. Uh, like, like a lot of people my age, you can see as people get older into the 50s, and I mean, just turned 60 in July, you can see that desperation sets in. So I've just got one goal, and uh, it doesn't need a genius to see what that is. Um, realistically, uh, I think it will be a major achievement if we reach the playoffs this season. And I mean that sincerely. I think uh, that's my hope. Uh, I think that, you know, we played some good stuff at times last year, but we're very much of a muchness in terms of the squad we have, albeit that it's a good squad. Um, and I don't want to put a negative on it before things start because we really don't know how this season's going to pan out with, with COVID and with what the clubs have done and what they've not done. How good are the three coming down? How good will Brantford be? You know, with Cardiff just a flash in the pan, will Stoke come along this season? They finish well. Swansea are there, we're playing first game. So, uh, my hope is that we'll finish in the top six. And my goal is to finish in the top two. Good stuff. So, uh, I suppose if I'm to put you on the spot then, who are your top two at this moment in time? Who do you think is going to be those that get the automatic spots? My top two this season are a team that have come down from the Premiership, and that's Watford. Uh, I think they'll just sit better than Norwich. I think they were unlucky to come down. Uh, I mean, Norwich were cast adrift and, and Bournemouth didn't look, didn't look up too much. Uh, they've kept most of their players and if they can resist the temptation to change manager every six weeks, they might well just do it this time because um, they look on paper, they look a good sign. My second team is a team who've bought early and again changed managers a lot, but I think this time they're going to do it. And that's Nottingham Forest. Interesting. I've not, I've not really seen Forest mentioned for a top two spot yet. Um, obviously, they've lost Matty Cash today, haven't they? I know we're yeah, recording yeah. on Thursday. I know this is going out in a week's time. So, uh, obviously, I think it depends who replaces him as well to strengthen the back line. Because I don't think, because they've got Dericko, haven't they, as the backup right back who can't defend. So, um, that'd be an interesting who they go for. Was that the Dericko um, we were after? Is that the same? Yeah. 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 From, well, we were linked with him when he was at Chesterfield. Well, and then obviously went to, went to Burnley in, and then played in the playoffs, didn't he? Yeah, in twenty fifteen. So, yeah. So good um, playoffs then. So who's your, who's your four tips? Um, I'm guessing you're going to tip us. No, no, you're not. I'm no. not. And the playoffs, I'm going to tip Brentford, Norwich, Cardiff, and Stoke. 
Yeah, still calling on my shouts as well. Um, they finished really well, didn't they, last season? They did finish well, and I, and, and I think um, if they just get the mentality right, they have got some good players there. I mean, we've played them twice, and I've been thinking, why have Stoke paid so much for X and Y and Z? Because they were awful, but they just seem to get it together there at the end, and it's uh, the Irish guys, the managers, and the Michael... Michael O'Neill. Yeah, Michael O'Neill, and... Uh, it's probably took him half a season to get a grip and uh, and see what's going on. So I think Stoke will be strong. Yeah. No, and if I just thought they were the best of the rest, I think they'll beat Derby. I think they'll beat Swansea. Uh, when I say beat them, finish higher than them. Uh, Norwich will be good, but I don't think the top two. I, th- I think they'll be top six. And Brentford again, I'm not sure they'll be as strong as they were this season. You know, they're probably the best team that's finished fourth that there's ever been in the championship, but. I fancy him to be there, but I don't fancy him for the top two. Yeah, no good stuff. Um, who's your three for the drop, John? Three for the drop, Luton, Rotherham, Wickham. Which is, yeah. I don't want to see Gareth going down. Um, I think this is a completely different ball game in the championship. Completely. It is, isn't it? I believe they've signed Daryl Horgan today. from. The... Yeah, they've signed Daryl Horgan from Hibs. Um, That'll be interesting. Yeah, because... I don't see him cutting it at this level, unfortunately. And no, I know he's, he's not really done much at Hibs either. I could see him in the bottom of the table championship side, and that's what Wickham will be. They'll be a bottom yeah. three side. Rather than they're up and down like, well, I don't know, what, like a bride's night, I suppose is the term. And I think Luton escaped last time. Um, I think they have got a good manager, uh, but, I, but I, I, I just think they'll... I just think they'll have the look with them at the end of last season because they looked at them buried before the restart and uh, and they just got out. So, Luton, Rotherham, Wickham. Yeah, good. Who's your surprise team? Who's going to shock us this year? This will not be popular. Do you mean I can tell you that? This will not be popular. I think Blackburn will be the surprise team. Oof. I think that if you look at the players, they've got players like Armstrong and Dak Fitt. They've bought potential in, in Burton. It's, is it Burton or Burton? Yeah. It's not done a lot. And, uh, you know, Robert's fans are saying, um, you know, why do we pay five million for him, six million, whatever. And, uh, I, I mean, people are getting excited about young Dolan that's gone from North End. I watch young Dolan. I think he's a really quality player, but um, whether he can do it, you know, whether he'll be in the first team or whether he can do it, you know, 25, 30 games in the championships, uh, debatable. But, I just think that Blackburn were coming together at the end. They were chasing us, and uh, which wasn't saying a great deal the way we think. But uh, I just think when I say surprise, I don't mean break it, smashing any pots. Suppose my surprise team or people listening to this would say that Nottingham Forest is a surprise team, tipping them to what? But I just think Blackburn will do a lot better than they did this season, and I think they'll surprise a few. Yeah, no good. Who's going to be top scorer? Who's your tip for that? Well, it's usually the team that wins the championship, and I think the team that won the championship for Watford, and even at 32, Troy Deeney, I think will score 25 goals this season and lead the championship race. Yeah, there's only three sco- three lads who scored more than 20 last season when we when we did a bit of a, a podcast recently, and I think Mitrovic was head and shoulders above. Yeah. You know, and I think he's, he's Dean will probably, if he stays with Watford, he'll probably be that man to score them the goals as well. So, 
Yeah, I think I think it's it's a club he loves, and it? it's close to his height, and uh, he's just I know he's thirty two, but it doesn't matter in the championship. Thirty five, yeah. yeah, but thirty two. No, I think he can still do it. I think he'll be leading scorer. Yeah. And just for North End then, so who do you think, who do you tip for being player of the year for North End and the standout well, player? Well, for North End, you know, I look back at the scoring that I do after every game, I just look back for the last three seasons, same man's top for all three seasons. And that's Ben Pearson. I, yeah. I, he might not be the standout player, but he'll score the most points. I know it's only a matter of opinion, it's only my opinion. But I think, if we had to lose Davis or Pearson, I'd rather lose Davis, to be honest with you. I think Pearson is that important to us. I mean, you know, somebody else might come through and have a blinder, but um, I think the standout player would be Pearson. That's if he's, if he's with us all season. Yeah. If he's not, say we lose him this month. If he's not, um, it, it could be interesting to see who takes over from him. There's no obvious contender in young Bayliss and... Uh, and you, you know, there's only Lenton and Bayless behind him because Gallagher and Brownie are different types of holding players, aren't they? I know he plays, he shuffles his midfield about, Neil. You know, sometimes he plays them in the three, sometimes he plays them holding. So, but there is no real ball winner. I, I think Lenton would have to, to, to slide into that spot. And it's not Pearson. Um, it's one of those things. If you finish in the bottom half, it's always a defender that's played well. But if you finish in the top half, it'll be a forward. I think Tom Barcusen's underrated, Jimmy. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I think he 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 has an impact on the game every time he comes on, every time he plays. Sometimes he doesn't last ninety minutes, but we do need to shuffle up a bit because you know I know DJ won it last year and probably rightly so. If if you look at the stats, what the stats don't say they don't say how many passes went astray. You know they they say okay, how many goals? Ten goals, twelve assists. Well, I don't know what it was. I'm just just topping the head, but. That's okay. But for a midfield player, you know, percentage of successful passes, missed tackles. You know, if you're going to use stats, if you're going to quote stats, quote all of them to get a rounded figure because, you know, there's there's numbers, numbers and damn numbers in there. Uh, and, you know, it, I, I just go off what I say. I just feel it from the heart, you know, what I see, what you see is what you get. So, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully, Pearson will stay with us and, uh, and be our star manager. Yeah, good stuff. Who's going to top the scores? I suppose we need a striker, ideally. I know, I know that's obviously... We do need a striker. List, uh, we desperately need a striker, but I can't see past Barcusen again uh, if we don't get one. If he, he, I mean, you know, somebody said the, uh, the definition of... Um, I forgot what it is now. I mean, insanity, I think. No, I like this one. The definition of insanity is, is they're, yeah, they're just doing the same things and expecting with the same people and expecting different results. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's insanity, isn't it? Yeah. Probably yeah. insane, never mind that, but I think it is. So, why would you, know, if, we, if we don't sign anybody significant and get a couple of loanees in, um, why, would you, why would you expect anything different to last season? Uh, I, I'm glad we finished a little bit better. We, we didn't do too bad at the end, but. Those two or three bad runs, they worry me. They worry me. Yeah. So I'm going for Tom unless we sign, unless we sign Lionel Messi next week, in which case I'll have £50 when I'm Messi. Yeah, fair enough. And um, where's your prediction for us finishing the table? Well, the five seasons we've been up, we've finished 11th, 11th, 7th, 14th and 9th. And I'll save you working out. It averages 10.4. So that, that, you know, that, that's good. 
again, I'm back to the insanity quote. I just don't think we'll be as high this season as we were last season. I think if you were finishing a bit better, I'm going for 12. Okay. I think we'll finish top half, but I think we'll be 12. I, I don't think it's going to be a league where two teams run away with it, a bit like, you know, I mean, Leeds and Westbrook didn't run away with it because Brentford were on the tails, but they were quite clear for a long time. Right? You know, we were talking it before Christmas about, well, well Leeds and Westbrook are up. It's just a case of the playoffs. But I, I think it might be even tighter in, in, in terms of, in terms of uh, points. And when it's tight, you generally need less points to be in the playoffs. Um, sorry, when it's tight, you generally need more. Because when it's a wide, the front two have gone and they've took points off everybody. Yeah. And so you actually need a few less. So if nobody runs away with it, I think we're going to need more. I think we're probably going to need about 75 this season to be in the playoffs. So... Um, I'm yes. saying 12th and hoping 6th. Yeah. No, 70 points last year. I think I think that's 70 to 75 points is the target, isn't it, for anyone who wants to get 6th. I know, and do you know, so. before we start, um, I was thinking if we can get 72 or 3, we'll have a chance. Crikey, we're yeah. in 5th. I know. You know, it just shows what a bad nine games that was for us. You know, was it 1-2? Um, it must have been 1-2... Drawn four, lost three, was it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Twelve points, uh, ten points from nine. That's only just better than relegation, you know. Yeah, I know. You know that. You better win one at least. The old adage about better winning one and losing one. So hopefully, we can win a few more than we do. But uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic. I just think, I just think that this season could be an extended repetition of what happened in the last nine games of last season. Uh, you never know. After Christmas, you know, COVID might improve. We might get a vaccine. Um, you know, all, all the pressure lifts and uh, and football comes back to something like normal again. But we just don't know. I wouldn't back. I wouldn't bet on it at this point. You know, we're six months in, and we've still got places under under fairly strong restrictions. So uh, I, I think I think the league and the teams and what happens will be reflected in what happens what happens in the country. It always does. Yeah. No, good stuff. So really appreciate you coming on the pod, John. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you at Deepdale soon, mate. No problem. And uh, keep up the good work, lads. It's a great podcast. Well done. Thanks, Cheers, mate. lads. Cheers. Uh, yeah, cheers for that, John and Jimmy, with the little interview. Yeah, my uh, my first from the funny meets with a fan, with John Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. I, you know, it's always good with John. Obviously, he's, yeah, he's seen good, North End through the years, to, to say the least. And uh, yeah. It's his Super fan, one. maybe. I think he's in that sort of level, isn't he? In terms yeah. of there's a, there's a select few that have been home and away for far too long. That a of, lot of people know as well. Yeah, one of my good pals, I, I would class as a super fan as well, that drives to away games and uh, hasn't missed a home or away game for many, many years before lockdown. So, um, well, apart from one, I think he missed one when he was ill last season. Um, but that was like his first game he missed, like 2010 or something like that. Jesus. Home or away. So, yeah, he's yeah, he won't be getting away with that now. He's got a little in, that'll be it. So, uh, yeah, so yeah I'll get back onto the point. Top scorer, mate. I know I've, I jumped the gun before. So, who have you got for our um, who's going to take Daniel Johnson's top goal scorer, scorer award off him? Um, I'm basing this again off the players who are currently at the club, and again, it ties out ties in with my standout player for the season and I think Scott Sinclair will finish as our leading goal scorer. As do I. Um, I'd like to think we will sign a striker who would go on to be our top goal scorer but as it stands 
I'm going to say Scotty will finish with 14 goals. And I think also, I think Sean Maguire will be second. I think he'll hit 10, 11. Um, and he'll hit double figures for the first time since he joined us in 2017-18 season. Yeah, I've got high hopes for both of them and Tom Barquez. And I literally scribbled yeah. all three that I, I scribbled all three names in and then out for for this bit because I can see them all scoring between eight to fifteen goals. Yeah. Um, you know, a DJ of as well. Eight. Yeah, DJ with his pens and obviously he's if he plays in that ten role again this season, I think you know he's got every chance of you know getting similar numbers. Yeah. Um, I think I, one I just, one that's worth mentioning again. Um, is someone that Ollie mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I think Patrick Bauer as well. I think he'll be good for four to six goals. Yeah. I I think mean, it's if, contrib- if you're looking at all competitions, he's off the mark already, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I think it's contributions that he needs to look at from across the, t- across the team. I think Ledson's going to score five. Yeah. You know, I think it's a case of if you can get a lot of your players to be scoring goals or contribute to goals and assists, then... It negates the need for uh, that coveted 20-goal-a-season striker, doesn't it? We know they're not out there, though, mate. Yeah. I'm sick of saying this to people. 20-goals-a-season strikers are not readily available. <laughs> mate, you could say it till you're blue in the face and people I know, still... but it's frustrating because they're not out there. Three players scored 20-plus goals in the Championship last season. You know, that's... you know, and only, I think it was 13 scored more than 15 goals. They're not out there. That You know, it's a case of we've got to make sure the rest of the team are chipping in with goals rather than relying on one person to score loads of goals for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm completely with you on that one. Um, so yeah, that wraps up our predictions for the season yeah. for, for the championship and for North End. Um, we're, we're hours away from the new championship season, mate. Friday night it kicks off. Yeah. Watford, Watford Middlesbrough. Come round dead quick, hasn't it? Yeah. I know, it, I know short... it has been a short break, but... It has come round quick. And I just hope not, it's a normal season, as normal as it can be in terms of no stop starts and yeah. you know, no postponements or you know, if we do get back to Deepdale then we're not back behind closed doors shortly after and things like that. You yeah. know, I just I just hope it runs as smoothly as it can. Um I can't predict the future unfortunately. If I if I could I'd be in a very well paid job. You, you wouldn't but, be on the front of the Finney podcast. I might be. I might just come on as a guest every now and again. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I just I, I don't know what's going to happen, and none of us do. And that's the scarily beautiful thing about it. So it's mm. um, yeah. Let's just look forward to it and yeah. hopefully get three points on Saturday in our first well, game, mate. Home to I was, Swansea. I was going to say, talking about the start of the championship season, uh, we'll finish how we. Finished the majority, I would say, of our podcast last season, if not all of them. Um, what's your predictions for the Swansea game? Well, it's a bit of a funny one, really, because obviously Swansea got beat on Saturday against yeah. Newport in the Cup. They're playing three-five-two at the minute. Um, obviously, they've made some good signings in Morgan's Gibbs White and Jamal Lowe, who obviously they beat us too. So about that, Chalina. I know the exit lad going there, to Dijon. Sport- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on about him going to Sporting Dijon. Um, oh. Matt Grimes potentially going to Watford, so could be a little bit of an overhaul happening at Swansea. Could could, could scoop my top two shout. Could do, hopefully, because that'll mean <laughs> Bournemouth get there. Hopefully, um, but um, yeah, I think it'd be an interesting game. I don't know what we'll go with. Obviously, there's still question mark over who starts in goal. Um, still question mark who starts at right back. 
question mark who starts up front. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered from a Northam yeah. point of view. And I think, you know, when we review the game on Sunday, I think it'll be interesting how we've started, how we've set up. You know, Swansea had played 3-5-2 the back end of last season and started 3-5-2 against Newport on Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm a prediction-wise, mate. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw because I literally have no idea. Beat me to it. I'm sitting on that fence as well. Yeah. I think, you know, we've played all right in pre-season. We got, you know, we watched the, the game against Everton on Saturday and, yeah, I know we got beat, but you look at the goals conceded and there probably are errors that's caused yeah. it. So, it's, it's tough to, to describe, really. You know, I think Oli Dawes put on Twitter today, we're recording on Monday, I know this is on the ground on Wednesday, but about... On Digest or... I think it was on his personal account, to be honest. About, he said Tom Bayless doesn't even get into his 18. And Tom Bayless has played well in pre-season for yeah. me. I think he's he stepped up. Um, so, I, I can't call it, mate, honestly. I, and I think you can probably say that about 90% of this league. It's more yeah. time. I think he'll take... At the end of September, you'll probably have a little bit of a picture as to how things are going. You know, you'll have four rounds of the cup out the way by then. Probably four league fixtures as well. Um, so. You know, once we review the month as such and see where we're at, then you know I might be ripping up my predictions and starting again. But yeah. hopefully, hopefully I'm not. Yeah. So. Um, well, just obviously you touched on Sunday's pod there. Um, hopefully there will be a, a we'll be back to normal with our scheduling. Um, but I am away on Sunday and I'm not sure if where I'm going has Wi-Fi or not. So the listeners might have to just bear with us for. The, the post-Swansea pod, if you will. Uh, but we'll sort some out, I've no doubt. Yeah. Um, I have to get mine via voice note because I've got a busy week next week as well. So it'll be, a, be an interesting one. So we just wait yeah. and see. You know, wait and see what happens. And, you know, we're only a, a month off being back at Deepdale. That's the uh, the main thing when yeah. you look at it that way. And if they're doing match-by-match tickets, I'm all in. Yeah. We'll see about Hopefully. that. Hopefully my uh, my season ticket back on the cop is confirmed this week, and I'll be uh, I'll be laughing. So, oh, are you, are you going for it? I am. I'm going for it. I am. Did uh, um, did a did a certain interview with Peter Ridsdale on from the finish change your mind? It's, well, it's changed my mind for a lot of people out there. So um, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if anyone at the club's listening, we we're not we're not against uh, sorting out a commission deal. Or a ticket for every other game or something like that. Yeah, something like that. We're, we're open, we're flexible. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I suppose, did it, did it convince me? I was on the fence and I was I was mega pissed off that first week and I was annoyed at the statement on the Saturday, as I think everybody was. But yeah. Peter admitted himself, you know, he, he said he'd do up. something and he did it. And, you know, he probably made a pig's ear of it and he pretty much admits that himself. Yeah, but you can't fault him for his passion about the club, and I suppose what he's honesty up front about it. Obviously, we're just waiting for it to be in black and white in terms of yeah. those announcements, etc. But yeah, I, I I sat down and I thought about it. I'm like, come the twelfth of October or whenever it is that game against Cardiff, do I really want to be sat at home when? a few of my friends are at Deepdale and getting to see people. I know it's going to be different, you know, in these bubbles and we're all going to be spread out across four stands. So it's not going to be the same by any stretch of the imagination. But like I said the other week, mate, it's the social aspect that I miss more than anything. The football yeah. second best half of the time. You know, it has been for years. But um, yeah, 
hopefully we're we're back on the cop for the first time in God knows how many years. That's when the season to get used to be. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going back. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, thank you very much for listening to episode three of the From the Finney podcast. Yeah, if you've not listened to the aforementioned interview with Peter Ridsdale um, or our season opener for that matter, that was another good episode, even if I say so myself. Um, you can find them where, you've, where you're listening to this now and you're streaming up. And don't forget, you can support us as well here at From the Finney. You can just make a one-off donation. Uh, it goes towards the running costs of the website and the podcast. Um, the URL is just supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney and from the finney is all one word no dashes or hyphens or anything like that yeah and no matter how big or small it's appreciated if you're a small business as always if you want a shout out about anything just include it in the message when you when you make a donation and we'll either get in touch with you or we'll just read out what you say provided it's not rude or anything else yeah cool cheers mate thank you very much no worries. Hope you've enjoyed it. And um, yeah, let us know your thoughts on Twitter or, or what have you as well. If you've not put your predictions in, and we'll, um, we'll revisit them in May and see who's made a pig's ear of it. Yeah, you've got a massive super spreadsheet of all the predictions from PNA Online, from Twitter, obviously from us on the podcast here as well. So there's no winners or losers in this in terms of a prize, just pride. And who looks like a tit come May or not. Which will- which will probably be me. And me. So, yeah. well, that's, that's a normal occurrence. <laughs> Nothing new, is it? No. Right. Right, All right thanks, mate. Guys. Cool. See you next week. Cheers. See you in a bit, mate.